Hello everyone, this is episode number 129 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is May 28th, 2019. I'm Robert Ring, and with me is Jeremiah Tataru. Nice. Another J name. Mm-hmm. I got a bunch left? of them. There's uh, only so many. You're going to run out 15. and you're look like an idiot. Yeah, well then I can just switch to Spanish names. There's lots of I think I say female names or something I was going to laugh. Oh, I could do that too, yeah. That's a good idea. How dare you not even think about that? What you been up to? A lot. Well, How about you? Uh, nothing really. Nothing special. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Not the... Maybe, but not that I can remember at least. Uh, let's go with that. We're going to need you to be honest here. Like you're, you're teetering and I'm going to need you to make a decision. <laughs> is there a lot going on? Is there not? Um, there is a lot going on because we're going to talk about Diablo on the next episode. Oh yeah, that's true. Woo! God, what a fun game. What a fun game, man. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I hate it, I think. Game of the quarter, Diablo 1. We will be discussing that on the next episode. So uh, if you want to take part in that and email in your thoughts, then download Diablo from GOG, play it, write an email that explains what you think about the game, then send the email to mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. And don't forget your stamps. Don't forget your... No, you don't. they don't have to do that anymore. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Finally updated the website. Jesus. (laughs) Um, so that, again, that'll be the next episode. So, uh, again, if you're, if you're new, the game of the quarter is where we, uh, play a game that we decide on ahead of time. Jay and I will both be playing it and all the listeners are invited to play it and, uh, send in their thoughts as well. So I've been playing it. I know you have, I'm sure some other listeners have been, so we'll have a discussion next episode. I like it. Uh, with that out of the way, let's jump into news, I guess. Okay. Uh, GOG Galaxy 2.0 has been announced. So, uh, GOG Galaxy is the, is the GOG client similar to steam. Uh, wonderful client. Absolutely wonderful client. You love, you love it. I love it. You know why the main reason I like it? I use it for sure. I I like it too, but I want to hear why you like it. So, you know why I like it the most? Uh, I think I do know why you like it the most because it doesn't give opposite region. Why I fucking hate origin. Because it doesn't give you ads uh nope okay why because if you are off the internet if you unplug your internet you cannot <laughs> play games on origin so if you buy a single player game and try to play it on their their thing while your internet's down or if you just want to disconnect your internet you cannot whereas gog once you do that it only has to do an update i think it has to check like every 30 days no it doesn't ever it doesn't ever, it doesn't ever have to check no no it does i'm pretty sure you have to connect i'm almost positive because i read something on their website one time it's like once every 30 days or something i'm pretty sure you have to connect just to validate your account or whatever, and then you can do it for another 30 days where you don't even have to go on the internet. Okay, that may be true, but I don't believe it is because um, you can just download the games and you don't have to use... Because you don't have to use God Galaxy at all. Hmm. I saw something about that, but regardless, try to I mean, find, it's not... Try to find, this is important to me. Try to find it if you can. And if you can find it, okay. let me know. Because I don't think that's true. Um, but I do know 100% that you can... Just bypass God Galaxy and download the games, and you have them. And it doesn't definitely doesn't check anything uh, that way. Um. So, anyways, they've announced uh, God Galaxy 2.0, and this is supposed to be a client that brings together essentially all of your games. Uh, like. 
from any platform and even consoles. So uh, let's see. Actually, I'll just bring up a list of bullet points that they have on their website. Import all your games from PC and consoles, build and organize them into one master collection, install and launch any PC game you own, no matter the platform. Keep track of all your achievements, hours played, and games owned. Customize your library, sorting, tagging, blah, blah, blah. Um, follow upcoming releases, discover games popular among your friends. Uh, and then, I had no friends. <laughs> obviously, he's got like friends lists and stuff like that. So, this is, um, that's pretty sweet, I think. I agree, 100%. I am all for GOG. Yeah. 100,000%. That's, I, I've started, uh, it's funny, I always talk about how I love how you don't have to, um, how, how you, like, own the games and you can just download yeah. the, the raw installer. So in case anything ever happens to GOG or whatever, you, you're not, like, locked out. It's not like, it doesn't have to validate to be like, oh, do you own this game? So, uh, but I realized that I've never actually <laughs> downloaded the raw installation files before. So I'm going through my whole oh, library. Yeah right now and downloading all of the uh all of the installation files just so i have those in a folder in case like you know something you got a happens. hefty uh hard drive man jesus well it's three terabytes oh damn is it um, a hdd or ssd h hdd okay and um right now uh my folder of gog installers is really fucking huge yeah i would think so <laughs> <laughs> um I, oh, let's see here. I'll, I'll try pulling it up and I'll let you know what's, what size it is. But because I was sort of running low on space on my hard drive, I looked at, I was like, where, what is wrong? And then oh, I was Robert. like, I was like, oh yeah, I have been downloading a bunch of stuff. So I went and checked it out. <laughs> and yeah, sure enough, um, it is, uh, it is a big ass folder. I hear it. Oh, okay. It's 361 gigs. Holy shit. Dude. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty That's bad. a lot, my friend. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. um, so that's got Galaxy 2.0. Pretty interesting, you know. I don't got like like you and I said. God Galaxy is fine. It's completely optional. You don't have to use it, and uh, it's pretty lightweight. And it, oh yeah, it, for sure, it does what you need it to. So this will be interesting. They're they're kind of taking a big old step with this one. So, like I said, I don't know if I'm necessarily interested in figuring out, you know, in like pulling all of my junk into one place, but it is a cool idea. Yeah, and it's interesting because they're obviously competing with the likes of Steam. And Steam, I, I heard Steam is actually about to unveil a brand new update to their system as well. It's like a whole new uh, interface to what we've seen. Okay. So that'd be kind of interesting as well. Cool. Uh, new Switch games. Sorry, new NES games on Switch. For uh, if you are a uh, subscriber to Switch Online, you know how they have the library of the classic of the NES games mm-hmm. that you get if you're on there. The new ones for this month are Clue Clue Land, Donkey Kong Jr., and VS Excite Bike. Oh wow! Um, I don't know what V. I think I don't know what VS Excite Bike is. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Is it any different? What okay, okay. I just pulled it up. For? The Famicom Disc version of VS Excite Bike, complete with two-player. Split screen. Create tracks from twenty classic track parts. Blah. So basically, excite bike with versus mode. So you know that's that's pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> you you big excite bike fan? Yeah, to an extent. What were the other titles? It was Clue Clue Land, and what was the other one? DK Kong Junior. Interesting. 
Are you excited about any of these? Mm, you know. Excite Bike's got good music. <laughs> yeah, that's like the most redeeming part about it. Uh, new games have been announced for the Sega Genesis Mini. Oh, yeah? What do we got? Well, I had it pulled up a second ago. Here Dare we go. All right, I don't remember which all... Um, okay, I think these are the ones that had been announced so far. I'll read them out real quick. Echo the Dolphin, Castlevania Bloodline, Space Harrier, Harrier 2, Shining Force, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bee Machine, Toji Mineral Comic Zone, Sonic the Hedgehog, Altered Beast, Gunstar Heroes, uh, Mickey Mouse Castle of Illusion, World of Illusion, starring Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, and Thunder Force 3. Uh, okay. Now, we, all, we know that also they are going to have Super Fantasy Zone, uh, Shinobi 3, Streets of Rage 2, Earthworm Jim, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Contra Hardcore, Landstalker. <laughs> I know this game just from its uh just from its box art. Yeah, I've never played it or anything. <laughs> this is pretty hilarious. Let me uh it looks like a big old elf, like drawn really poorly with like a flaming sword. Um, oh, jeez. <laughs> Beyond Oasis. Uh, Ghouls and Ghosts. Classic. Classic. The Ghouls and Ghosts on Sega Genesis had the best, has really, really cool box art. Uh, Alex Kidd in the Enchanted Castle. Golden Axe. Fantasy Star 4. Street Fighter 2 Special Champion Edition. Ooh. Mega Man... The Wily Wars, Sonic Spinball. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, it is. Damn. Vector Man. I know you like that one. Yeah, that's that's. That, 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 I was hoping that was a shoe. Yeah, and Wonder Boy in Monster World. <laughs> so so far the uh, library on this sound, yeah I was yeah pretty strong and it's good also to see that there that I mean there are there is a lot of overlap but but <laughs> may, but but. Maybe only like 50-50 with uh, the, the Sega Mega Sack Pack thing that you can get on Steam. <laughs> I love that name. Mm-hmm. No, that's a solid list. I, I dig that. Yeah, good. So, but I thought it was just going to be like basically just stuff that was already on there. But it's got sure. some stuff that's not. So that's kind of, uh, that's kind of nice. That's cool to see. So this yeah, is, I'm down. Yeah, this is pretty cool. And then finally, I think there's the last thing. Yes, Sigil. Remember this? It is the, me- the new Doom Megawide that John mm-hmm. Romero has made. Uh, Megawide being a basically a collection of of custom levels. Um, John Romero has, which who of course is one of the original creators of Doom. He's made his own new Megawide for the original Doom, and that has been released for it. It has been delivered for the for the backer or not backers for the people who who pre ordered it off of limited run games, and it is coming out free for everyone May thirty first. The difference between the free version and the version that you had to buy, besides the paid version coming in a box and stuff, it uh, the paid version also has uh, a soundtrack from by Buckethead, and I think you may be able to still purchase this digitally in order to get the soundtrack and all. But if you don't want to, then you can just download it for free with just a regular Doom soundtrack uh, on May thirty first. Is this gonna be popular? I don't think I think it's going to be pretty niche thing. 
But uh, I did. I don't know if you remember me talking about this when it was announced, but I did order the uh, the limited run games version. Of course you did. Well, it was <laughs> it was mostly because I wanted the Buckethead soundtrack. Because because so I love Buckethead, he's one of my favorite musicians, and um, and I just got it today. So oh, I pl- cool! Have you I've, listened to it? I've played it for about ten minutes. I've gotten past the first level, and that's it. And it is pretty badass so far. Really? Yeah, it is honestly that pretty. Is not where I expected you to go. With that <laughs> no, it is. I was very happy playing this game. Wow. So uh, I'll talk about that. I'm not going to talk about it today because, like I said, I've only played just the first level. I will probably be discussing it on the next. I-, I will talk about it very soon. Very likely that'll be the ne- the next episode once I'm able to either finish it or get very close to finishing it. But so far, okay. it's pretty awesome. And uh, I guess that's all the news. Uh, sorry. Uh, one thing to chime in. Okay. All right. We got we got to do our, our update to classic. Ready? Mm. Uh, classic. So... Do, 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 do. We're gonna have a wow update. Wow little... update. What's your news, reporter? Um. So the, they opened beta, and they did some stress tests. And the beta on Twitch, there's like a handful of people who have been streaming it, and they are getting beta? upwards. Mm-hmm. Closed beta, yeah. It's only for people who are pretty much they chose like anybody who's famous. It's kind of it's so obvious because they basically picked all these streamers. Yeah, you probably just missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, so these streamers are averaging between like forty and eighty thousand people watching them play. And here's the crazy <laughs> part: so they, nice. they all hit max level in the beta. So there's a lo- there's a thirty cap on it. you can only hit level thirty, but everybody's max level and they're like min max based on what's available. And so all they're doing is just creating these giant brawls in the world. So they'll like try to sneak into each other's base or cities. And <laughs> each other. Yeah, because you can't obviously they can't kill any guards because they're only level thirty and stuff. And then the other day I saw they pulled there's this world boss that spawns in this one location and they kited it for like forty five minutes all the way up to this city, and or this city was a bridge. And they essentially had a brawl where it was like 200 v 200 with this dragon in between everybody killing everybody. So they're all fighting around this dragon. The dragon is unkillable and literally one-shotting everybody. And the best part is this guy who's watching this guy's stream, he mind controls this guy and walks him off this bridge down into the water below. And you don't die from from water, from high fall damage if you land in water. And then he proceeds to run down there with him and kill him down way (laughs) away from everybody. And it was like live on this guy's stream and I was cracking up. Uh, it has been so fun to watch. I, nice. I'm, I'm enjoying a lot of it. It looks pretty good. There's some there's some issues with the project, but um, we still got two months, three months to go. Excuse me. So looking forward to it. But I bet yeah. you are. Oh, you know me. You know what money do. All right, thanks, Jay, for uh. That was your classic WoW update. Back, Back to, to me, you, Robert. What games we've we been playing this week? You want to go first? Why don't you go first? Sure. Continue on my conversation. So, uh, my I, I told you a while back, my my dad and his brother used to be very competitive with a couple of NES titles, and uh, we I was, my dad's brother's in town. We were talking about old school games, and my dad and his brother were talking about Tecmo Super Bowl, and so I decided to to wind up the old Tecmo Super Bowl, similar to what I think you talked about recently, didn't you, on the podcast? So which Did one? you play te- Tecmo Super Bowl for? Oh no, 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 no! But I played Tecmo Bowl. Like earlier in the year, I think. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, so we talked about that, um, and so I ended up playing that for for a good amount of time. And I, just to start, like, actually, what was your overall opinion of it? Yay or nay? Uh, actually, you know what? It's funny because I did play this just over 
the past weekend, also, uh, a friend of mine came in town. And um, it was the same friend of mine that, that came and visited, like, I don't know, six months or a year ago when we played a bunch of stuff when he was here. Yeah. This is like one of my few close friends that actually also plays video games. It's weird. Um, I don't know why I have so few video gaming Are you kidding me? Friends. All my friends play video games. I don't, yeah. I don't friend people instead of video <laughs> But um, anyway, he, he came in town uh, just kind of like on a – basically just like yeah. on a whim uh, Friday. And so we played some stuff while he was here. And that was one of the games that we played. And anyway, to answer your question, my takeaway from it was it's not like the way tech mobile works is obviously there's a 25% chance anytime that your play is just going to get stuffed because that's the game mechanic is your, the defense just tries to pick the play that the offense picks. And if they do, then they automatically stuff the play. Then aside from that, all you have to do is if you're doing a passing play, if you don't throw it to, if you throw it to a guy who's not covered, he's going to catch it 100% of the time and you're good. If you throw it to a guy who is covered, it's going to get intercepted, intercepted literally 100% of the time and that's bad. <laughs> uh, if you run it, then you're guaranteed to get a few yards. So it all comes down to making sure that you don't get that that you pick a play that you're that the uh, other person isn't going to you know expect you to pick and that you don't throw into coverage. So that's, that's, a pretty good synopsis. that's the only skill that's involved in the game. So I never was a huge fan of it because of the whole play picking part aspect of it. But after playing it earlier in the year, I liked it even less. And then playing I, when I played it with him a few days ago, it is more fun playing against a, a human than a computer. You but think so? I actually think the opposite. Really? Yeah. See, for I me, had it's a lot like, oh, shit, that. we're going to you guess what I'm. Well, you guess what I was going to pick, you asshole, and stuff like that. Where, it, as when it's against the computer, it's just like, all right, here's the twenty percent chance, you know, one in four coin flip. Let's see what happens. So, there's a couple things about the game. So, I'll talk. I want to talk about the pauses. I'll talk about the mechanics. So, pauses of this game, I love the music. The music is so just. It's not the best music ever, but it's so good for what I guess it would be what six, eighteen. Or oh, the eight, music, no. yeah, the music is pretty good. It's actually really good, and it, though it is very repetitive. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Are you talking about Tecmo Super Bowl or regular Tecmo Bowl? Tecmo Super Bowl. Okay, for... okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, everything I was talking about was just regular Tecmo Bowl. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, there's more plays than four. That's what I was a little confused okay, about. Okay, no, no, no. I'm sorry. So, yes, I was just talking no about Tecmo Bowl. No worries. I'll talk about, I'll, I'll talk about the mechanics. Because I was like, man, I, I could have. I felt there was a little bit more to it. But anyways, so yeah, the music's great. I love that there's cutscenes. So anytime a major event happens, somebody kicks a field goal, scores a touchdown... Uh, they not the interception, but if there's a safety, it does like these cutscenes with these generic-looking football players, and they're doing these stances. Like usually, they're very uh, limited motion, but they do like these crazy—not crazy, but it's like these these camera camera pans, and it's it's so it is actually kind of cool because it's like when you have a successful play, like a really cool touchdown, or you you know like sometimes you'll return you'll return a, or you're interceptable and run it all the way back. Right. And when that happens, it's like you're you're kind of pumped because you're like. Hell yeah, I just got a lot of points and I'm, you know, obviously going to probably win beyond that. But the cutscenes are super cool. I love the sound effects because there's some key sound effects that you hear. I love this. Well, I guess it's probably, it's not the same for, for the regular one, but the, the one when you go to the playbook, I love the sound effects of the playbook and how you lock them in. Um, I love some of the, the, the sack noises when you actually get a sack to go off. It's like this really distinct sound. And when you hear it, you're like, shit. Uh, I'm trying mm -hmm. to think what else. Oh, I love the cheerleaders. The cheerleaders make me laugh every time they come up. So at one of the cutscenes you can get is it involves cheerleaders, and it's just so generic, and it's just so cringy. It's kind of funny. Oh, really? Uh, but, 
Yeah, but the actual mechanics of the game. So uh, on your turn, you either pick a run or a pass play, and you have four options for each tier. And then as Robert was talking about, if you choose the exact same one as your opponent and you're on defense, then you instantly win the play. You essentially, it's just no matter what. And on, on the flip side, obviously, if you pick the right one as offense, then you just lose a down. Um, the plays can be very quick, especially when you run. There, there are plays that I've had end within like the first two seconds of a snap. And it's like, holy shit, like you don't even know what happened. You're like, wow, it's already second down or third down. And I have been, I've had the ball for, you know, 45 seconds in total. The pace of the game is very quick. And I like that. There's obviously four quarters. Uh, the timer goes more than, uh, more than, it, it, there's four or five minute timers, but mm-hmm. it probably goes at three seconds per second. So the, oh, the right. actual, so pretty fast. Well, yeah, it's pretty fast. You get like two minutes of gameplay or something like actual per quarter. So it's like eight minutes. It's really fast. The, the actual sets go down. Like I, I completed a game and we had 42 uh, we had 42 points total at the end of it. And I will say, similar to like that of Mario Party, there's some garbage RNG. You will just get the dumbest shit will happen sometimes. <laughs> like you'll be running the play and somebody will just randomly touch you. Like they won't even like tackle you. They'll just touch you. And it's like you fumble it and you can't pick it back up. Like they're destined to pick it back up and just take it. And you're like, what the shit is this? So when you're on offense, when you run it, obviously you're, you have, they give you a, the playbook is a little confusing because there's a lot going on in each one of the plays and you select, like I talked about. So there's two tiers, one for run, one for pass. Um, there's four options and you lock it in basically with the, the directional pad and then A or B. And as you do this, obviously you do the plays and you can change them up because you're controlling the runner. So you can actually do something a little bit different. Um, it is actually pretty fun to juke out the AI because you can actually escape some pretty hairy situations. And then if you hit the A button, you can wrestle with Pete. You can like try to avoid getting tackled sure, and yeah, actually yeah. like shove them away, which is really fun. Um, and then when you're passing it, you essentially, you know, that you fall back as a quarterback, you get ready to throw, and then you can basically choose your target by pressing, I think it's A, you can rotate between the targets. And then as Robert talked about, generally speaking, if you throw to somebody open, as long as they are within their their destined mark, because they usually are going for a specific point to stop at, as long as they're close to it, they will usually catch it. If you throw it way too early, they will miss. And then if they are covered, generally speaking, it will become an incomplete, and then often it will become an interception. So basically, you just, like Robert said, throw to an open person and just pray for the best. It's Pretty, pretty easy. Um, I had a pretty clutch safety, which was very nice. Uh, that was It actually won me the game, which was awesome. I was like, holy shit, I'm going to lose this game. And then I got a safety and then immediately scored a touchdown following it. And I was like, okay, I'm doing pretty good here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, the music when you when you're running downfield, like when you ca- when you catch it and you're running down, it does like this this kind of uh, high paced music to express the excitement of what's going on, mm-hmm. and it's actually pretty good. Like it, it, it picks up pace, and it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm gonna make it. Like I'm gonna juke my way through this. Nothing can stop me. Uh, I do like playing defense more than offense, though. So essentially, right before the play, right before the snap, you can rotate between any of your players. Generally speaking, I will choose one of the backline guys, and then I will just sit there. I'll just wait to see if somebody's like a linebacker? on man. Uh, I don't know. You talk. You talk about somebody who's who's in coverage or like in the middle. So the back. Not, not on. So so towards the back. Okay, so that'll be like a safety, like somebody who's covering. Okay. Yeah. So essentially, I will. I'll usually select one of those, and then I will essentially see if there's anybody unmanned who looks like their prime suspect. Gotcha. And then if the guy tries to go for run play, I just run at him and knock him down. You know, they'll get like four or five yards or something. But it's like fuck that. Like if I can just cover the back line, because that's how you lose. Like in all seriousness, and I don't know how they do the stat distribution on teams. Because you essentially pick whatever team you want. And it seems like certain teams have more athletic players that are just faster than other players, which is kind of ridiculous because it's like, okay, what am I supposed to do if he's just faster than me? But okay. Uh, that happened to me a few times where somebody would catch it and I'd be running with them. And all of a sudden they would just start gapping me like substantially. And I'm like, what? Like, why is he faster than me? 
but I, but I was playing against the Patriots. Huh. So no surprise there. Um, oh, the Patriots were kind of shitty back then. Oh, were they? They were pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Did they cheat back then too? Probably. Uh, you can do you can do single games. You can also do a season. And in the season, your players can get injured. And if your player gets injured, you have to use your backup, and it can be pretty rough. And I think at a certain point, you can actually trade players as well. So oh, really? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can trade players or at least sub them in when somebody's injured. But I remember watching my brother do seasons and just losing a really, really strong player early on and then just being completely screwed for the rest of the season, which can be kind of frustrating, but it's a cool mechanic and it's kind of realistic, right? Like, I mean, that, that can happen in a given season. So yeah. um, trying to think what else. Sound effects are great. Music was fun. Graphics are very simplistic. It's regular Nintendo, but it's enough to, to keep you interested. Uh, you know what's going on. Rarely did I struggle. The only time I really struggled to figure out what's going on is if our jerseys were too similar. I had a couple games where I was oh, playing really? a, a green color. <laughs> yeah, where there was two green color. And it was it was a little bit hard, but they tried to do the best, I guess, to differentiate between the two. And then I think that's everything. So yeah. how did you like it overall? I enjoyed the shit out of it. I don't know why. Oh, really? It was really fun. It's very simplistic. And I will say again, it's 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 fun to play against. For me, it's fun to play against AI. Because AI is kind of rigged. So you want to abuse them just for, for kind of cheating. Because there are some plays I'm like, that should not happen. Like, there's just like stupid shit will happen where, you know, you fumble it or there'll be an interception when it just makes no sense. So I did enjoy playing against AI. I don't know if it gets more difficult the further you get into a season. Like, they turn up the difficulty. But I enjoyed it. I mean, it's like I said, the games are like 10 minutes. So it's pretty damn short. And then you can get through them. You know, if it's a loss, it's kind of brutal. I had a, a almost blowout. Like I was down three touchdowns and two two uh, point after. And it was it was those are rough ones because you're like, okay, I just want this game to be over. Like I'm not going to win this because uh-huh. generally speaking, you kind of go one for one. At least I was with the AI. Um, yeah, no, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I will say that. And the the play picking was kind of interesting. It really the only thing that really mattered is if you chose between um, a pass or a throw. And then as you talked about the the paper rock scissors, where you can just ultimately just lose a a set immediately based on your pick. Uh, you may have already explained this, but I I may have missed it. Um, did you, why did you like this more in single player than in multiplayer? Uh, I think it was primarily because when you play against AI. They kind of, it, like I said, you can kind of abuse them and it's kind of fun to like mess with them and see. <laughs> Seriously, because like you, when you run a certain direction, they obviously will just hone in on you like a missile. And so you can kind of mess with them and, and just toy with them almost. Versus a person, I don't know. I My experience with that was just a lot of losing immediately because of plays. Like certain plays were just, it wasn't always just the shutout play, but it was even like certain plays were just dominant over others, it felt. Maybe that was just due to an experience, but... So you, so you just liked it... Because it was easier than playing. Yeah, kind of. First. I mean, it's not a game. That's a that's a game that I'm not looking to like get good at. Or oh, I, like, know. I don't expect that game to be you know really skill based. Right. So I'm just kind of looking for something to to spank, I guess. Besides you. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Well, I've got uh, actually got three games this time. Interesting. First one up. This is one of the ones that I played. Uh, with my friend who came and visited. Okay. I've been, I was planning on playing this one semi, at least somewhat soon for the podcast. This is uh, another football game. Came out in 1990. Oh. NFL Blitz? Oh, no. That, that's a little, this is a little earlier. 1990 for Super Nintendo. One of the, the first entry of probably the most famous football game franchise of all time. Madden? Madden. 
John Madden football for for Super Nintendo. Is that the really good? Is it is it one or two that's supposed to be pretty damn good? I mean, there are a million of them. Mm, okay. I mean, they're still making Madden's. You know that. I I know, but I thought like the first or second was supposed to be really really fun. But I, could uh, I don't know this. This was the main one that I played um, when I gotcha. was younger. I believe the the next one after this probably was a bit better. But uh, so, but I don't think that I've ever actually played it. So, uh, but this one is really good. So this, I'll just say uh, this is this is a very very good football game. I might even say it's the first great football game, or the first extremely good f- football game. I don't know if I'll go so far as to call it great, but it's very very good. I think it's better than any football game that came before it. Uh. You said 1990 Super Nintendo? Yes. Wow, I didn't realize game... When did the Super Nintendo actually come out? Wait a minute, that may be incorrect. Because <laughs> that's a really good-ass really question. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was like, uh, man, am I off here? Or... You look up... Super Nintendo came out like 93, right? Googling. Oh, November 21st. Wait. Yeah, 1990. What? Super, Super Nintendo? Yeah, I didn't okay. realize it came out that early. Okay. I feel like it was like 93. Wow, okay. That's what I thought too. Um, Okay, I'm glad I'm not just crazy. Wow, that's... Wow, I don't know why, but I thought like the regular Nintendo (laughs) was like 86, 87. So like that's surprising to me. Okay. Um, Anyway, sorry. Well, hold on a second. Is that Japan? Uh, Maybe, let me see. Okay, well, North America, it says uh, August 1991. Still not bad. Like that's still earlier than I thought. Maybe I just really didn't know at that time. That's crazy. So when I so I was looking at the date slightly wrong. So apparently for John Madden football, it came out on Genesis in 1990, ah. and Super Nintendo in 1991. Oh, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm kidding. Well, it does a little bit. But anyway, <laughs> so bit, so yeah. night so let's start over. 1991 for Super Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a redo? No, you can't, Robert. This is our podcast, and this is what happens. I get to just edit everything out, and makes me be 100% right all the time. Help, he's keeping me kidnapped. What? <laughs> so, super good game. Um, this is kind of along, I mean, and it makes sense because it's an EA game, along the lines of the NHL games that, that are so good and the NBA games that are so good. It's just a very all-around, well-done football, almost like a simulator, you know? Um, not a management simulator, obviously, but like a simulator in the sense that it's a realistic football game. You know, it's, it's realistic for, for 1991 as as realistic as that could have been back then. Uh, even like little things like blocking, which I mean, yeah, Tech Mobile, for instance, has blocking, but this I feel like has more. Yeah, it's really not though. It's like two characters go up and attach to what each to, to, to each other, you know? Yeah. That's that's how it is technical. This one is more uh like they're actually kind of pushing each other back and forth and and they can, mm-hmm. you know, they have a chance to run around each other or that kind of stuff. And as far as the plays go, it's they're blocking in a direction that, you know, makes sense for the play depending on where you're running and that kind of stuff. That kind of for I don't know why, but for some reason that kind of stood out to me. It's like wow, that that was that's that's really done pretty well. Uh, the 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 controls and the the speed and the movement of the game all feel really really good. Um, I will say passing is really really difficult. When I was playing this <laughs> with my friend, he was like, "Oh man, do you remember how bad passing was in this?" And I was like, "No, I don't." 
I didn't really remember it being too bad. And of course, I'd never throw a complete pass the whole entire <laughs> game. So yeah, after a few passes, like, wow. okay, yeah, now I remember that the passing is pretty tough on this game. So you basically have to run it all the time. Although one thing that did work out quite a bit was doing a passing play and then just running it with the quarterback. <laughs> I got like many first downs just doing that, uh, that tactic. So that works pretty well, but yeah, passing is, is too hard in this game. It's, it's really tough to make to complete passes. Um, I don't even know, almost don't even know what else to say about it. So, one thing that's also kind of funny about it is the spin move is super strong. It's like, you can just, so like not all the time, but sometimes you can just bounce off people like a pinball. If you, as long as you just keep spinning, I have, I had, I've had so many plays in this game and I, and I remembered this from when it, uh, from, from when I used to play it a long time ago, so many plays where you should have been tackled 10 times, but you just happen to keep spinning and you're just bouncing off people left and right. So that's 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 kind of funny, but it's funny. It's because because it's also not consistent. Sometimes you'll spin and you'll get tackled on the first try, uh, and sometimes you'll you can just spin all day long. And nobody can do anything about it. So that's just kind of a funny little little quirk of the game. Also, the frame rate is super rough. It's uh it's 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 a bad frame rate. There's no getting around it. It doesn't. It, it makes it a little bit difficult at times. You you do get used to it after a few minutes, yeah. but. Obviously, with stuff like this where you're trying to time, you know, dodging or jumping or, you know, spinning, for instance, that that that, that can get in the way. But, I mean, like I said, it's, it's really difficult to point out what it is that's so good about this game. Because I think really what it comes down to is just all around, specifically, the controls and uh, I guess also like the depth of the playbook for, for a game this early. It's got a it's got a very substantial playbook. And really just with those things coming together, that's kind of all you need for, for a good football game back in 1991. Obviously, the sure. physics are a little bit, you know, it's, it's not like something that you would play nowadays, but it, it works really well for, for the type of, it, it works really well for an old game. You know, it, they work as well as they could. Everything feels good and, and, and works the way you would expect it to. So, I mean, especially for two play for, 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 for multiplayer, this is a, Really solid game. One thing I didn't realize, I don't know how I get, I mean, I guess because you're kids and you don't really pay attention to little details like this back when I used to play it, is it's not actually licensed by the NFL. So none of the teams, so yeah, so none of the teams have their team names and none of the players have names either. And I never even considered this. I, this never even crossed my mind when I was little playing this game. It's just like, oh, San Francisco. Yeah, I'm going to be San Francisco. I'm the 49ers. You know, all the, they have obviously all of the correct cities and all of the colors for the teams, but they do not have the team names or any, or, or like I said, the player names. They have the, they even have the correct uh, player numbers. And I don't know about the player stats. I don't even know if the players are different from one to the other, but like, for instance, the player numbers are the same as they're supposed to be. So they did a pretty good job of masking the fact that they don't that that it was in no way whatsoever officially licensed. So, Madden Football, I mean, it still holds up pretty well, I'd say. All right, Jay, I got two more. You ready? Two more what? Can you handle them? No. Nope. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna sure. save the best. Well, I'm gonna save the most interesting for last. How about that? Wow, your first one was already that. That's setting a pretty high high bar. Your first one was very interesting, actually. Well, 
You'll, we'll, we'll, we'll see how, we'll see what you think after. Okay. Okay. Uh, next one is, uh, Afterlife for, uh, PC. This game came out in 1996. Okay. This is a sim game made by LucasArts, which is in itself pretty interesting because as, as far as I know, this is the only sim game. I was that just going to ask you that. Yeah. That LucasArts ever made. So, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this, but this is a sim game where it's basically sim heaven and sim hell. Instead of building up cities and stuff like that, you're building up uh, heaven and hell. And wow! It is... Uh, it's, so, the way the game works is basically you have the screen and there's a tiny little earth in the middle. And below that is the landscape for hell. And then you scroll up to see heaven. So, you're just kind of... You're scrolling back up and down... Uh, the whole game to add stuff to hell or add stuff to heaven. And what you're doing is basically building the, uh, well, primarily what you're doing is you're laying down areas where people go to be punished or rewarded for whatever they did in life. So kind of like, whereas SimCity, instead of laying down residential and commercial and industrial zones, for the most part, you know, there are other things besides that, but those are kind of like the main things that you're, that you're laying down, you know, that you're, that you're, that you're zoning in this game. Kind of the analogies to those are not residential or commercial or anything like that, but it's seven, seven different types of areas for people to be punished or rewarded for, uh, based on, that's right. Based on the seven deadly sins. I was just going to ask you, I was like seven to seven. Yeah. So it's it's like here here's a zone for the people who uh, are were guilty of sloth, you know, who 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 uh, who divulged in sloth throughout their lives. Does it specify their crimes? Yes, it does. It's 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 seven distinct zones, and one you know for hell. It's for law for sloth or lust or fucking whatever the rest of the gluttony. deadly yeah gluttony, uh, what whatever the rest of them are. And then for heaven, it's it's the same exact thing, but it's rewards for the people who abstained from those things, uh, or or actually for for the actually what it is wow. for, it's, it's for the seven virtues, which are the opposite. So instead of lust, you have an area for the people who uh, who were chast their whole lives, or people who you know were uh, were we call them prude, Robert. Were uh, charitable for their whole lives, things like that. Um. And then there's other buildings too, besides just those. You <laughs> and can, there's other buildings too. You can build uh, residences for because because the things that you're building aren't aren't really residences. It's just kind of like where people are supposed to go to get punished or rewarded all day long. Okay. You can also build residences for demons or angels. Uh, the people who are who are the regular inhabitants that are coming and getting punished or whatever. They're not considered demons or angels. They're just like souls or something like that. You can build a residence for demons or angels, obviously depending on heaven or hell. And they are the, they are the people that run that kind of like that basically run heaven or hell. So like they're the people that, you know, make sure all of the torture chambers are working correctly, I guess. And you know, whatever shit is going on. It's like you, it's not really, directly it's it's a little bit abstract it's like oh you need this many people to run everything uh here's you know make sure you have places for the demons and angels to live uh because 
if you don't have enough place for them to live, there will still be demons and angels coming to uh, to like run everything. But it's it's kind of like they have to commute <laughs> to heaven or hell. I don't what? know. Really? I, yeah, I don't know where they're coming from. But if you have a place for them to live there, then basically it costs a lot less for them to perform the the daily work that has to be done. Uh, and then you also, there's other things like you have to build entrances so that like enough souls can come in. You can even, you can build things like little, uh, like bars where they'll hang out. Like if there's, if there's not a, if there's not a place, if all, if for instance, a glutton comes in and all of your gluttony zones are filled up, then they will go to the bar until the bar runs out of. I don't know if it, if they say outright say like oh the bar sells liquor or whatever but it's like oh here's the bar where people can go when it runs out of stuff then they'll go basically like into limbo or something like that I don't remember exactly but it kind of gives you a little buffer where if you don't have enough stuff people will go here in the in the meantime until you've okay. built enough zones for them to go to so that's just to say that's, that aside from kind of like dungeon keepers is it yeah because like creatures will come through the portal and they'll be like like uh, there's bile demons which are these giant creatures they like a lot of food and they're like oh your food supplier is not big enough and your lair your place of bedding is not big enough yeah i'm just gonna leave and they just leave (laughs) okay yeah yeah so this is kind of like so that's like to keep them from leaving right away um until you get stuff that will that you know for them to go to uh and then there's a few other little specialized buildings but the bulk of it is is the is the seven deadly sins or seven seven virtues aspects of 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 each realm I did not play this very long because I got bored very quickly. You haven't mentioned anything about gameplay so far, so I was kind of expecting <laughs> that. Like it sounds, it does. I mean, it sounds very interesting in concept. Yeah, but it sounds like one of those games that's like fun to like almost. It's like you're along for the ride, but there's not really much going on. That's what that's what it sounds like. I think I think you put it a hundred percent perfectly where you said it's interesting in concept. Yeah. Because I did have this game. I did buy this when it came out. Okay. And. I remember feeling the exact same way about it, but it was on sale on GOG. It was one or two dollars. And, and in my head, I was thinking, this this has to be at least pretty good. I mean, this is a pretty cool concept. So I'm going to give it another shot. But obviously, I ended up feeling the same way. So the problem is, so gameplay wise, it's uh, like I said, it's, it's just like SimCity. You're zoning areas to do things, and you're putting some of these special buildings down, and you're building little roads for people to walk down. The roads aren't really a big part of it at all, but you just kind of have to have them have a way to be able to get from one point to another. Basic, simple as that. I don't think there's any... I, I could be wrong. I don't believe there's any concept of traffic, so there's nothing... In hell, there, there sure as hell is. <laughs> there's, there's nothing where people are going to get backed up or something if uh, if you don't sure. have good roads, it's just make sure they can get from one place to another, and you're good. I believe. Okay. Um, but I, there are I I've, I was really bored doing this, and I couldn't quite figure out why. So I, I gave this a lot of thought, and I think it comes down to two main things. The first thing is that there's really no strategy mm. to building you're to building out the the heaven and hell you just put down whatever you need and that's basically it so compare this to SimCity. placement is very important when you're building zones in relation to other buildings and other zones and then of course 
where you're going to put your schools, your police yeah, stations. Pretty your... much any other simulation game like that. Yeah, right? there's there's a lot of strategy that's involved. And this one, it's just like, oh, you need this, just put it down. Okay, so like, why would you also... ever play that game, right? If you want to play a sim game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, like I said, transportation is also not a big deal. Whereas in SimCity, that's a huge thing. You really have to plan out how you're going to have the roads whether you're also going to have train stations, whether you're going to have bus stops, whether you're going to have subways, uh, but primarily the roads. You you want to have it's it's really important to build an efficient uh, road system. Whereas okay. in this one, you just have to have any sort of roads, and they seem to work fine. Um, there's also no sort of infrastructure like water and electricity. There's nothing like that that you have to worry about. Wow. Um, there, and, and as far as like okay. Again, I could be a little bit off on some of this stuff because I did not play this for a long time because I got, like I said, I got bored very quickly. But there also doesn't seem to be any, or at least very few, um, big, awesome structures that you have to save up for. So, you know, when you're playing SimCity, you're you're thinking, oh, maybe, you know, I've almost got enough money for an airport. That's going to be so awesome once I can have an airport. Mm -hmm. Or a badass power plant that's, you know, cleaner and powers a whh uh, a whole lot of buildings and stuff. Or maybe a dockyard that's like super fucking expensive, but it's going to be cool just mm-hmm. to have a dockyard. There's nothing like that that you can kind of strive hope. for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's nothing like that to strive for. It's here are all the things you can build. You know, there's a cost to all of them, but none of them are, oh, look at that. I, one day I'll get to have this. It's pretty much just, okay, yeah, I got enough for that. Let me do it. You, you might not always have enough money, but nothing is, everything is, you know, within, everything is fairly comparable. Mm. to everything else so again nothing I can to see that. For. so it's it, yeah and these kind of games are not these kind of games but video games in general you kind of want some something to strive for and you want something that is challenging to you and it sounds like this game lacks it both yeah there are some buildings that will for instance if you have a zone you know a uh a lust zone or something like that a where, lust zone where can you point me to the nearest lust zone? <laughs> if it gets big enough then it turns into this bigger building that looks really cool. There is some of that, but it's it's the stuff that builds up on its own. It's nothing that you have to save up for. Sure. Um, but you don't want to go to the lust zone in hell because it's all punishment for, for lust people. Oh, that's perfect. What do you mean I don't want to go there? One thing that is pretty cool is they have descriptions for all of the uh, all of the various, I guess you call them, I guess they're buildings. Um, and you can read what they are. One of the lust tortures was, uh, whoa, oh gosh, I don't even remember now, but it was basically uh, a peep a peep show, except yeah. I forgot what it was actually showing. It doesn't actually show you a real peep show. It shows, I don't know, the birds, something boring or terrible. I don't remember, but they do something like sew your eyes to the to the peep show hole. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a little bit more uh, graphic than I than I really expected. Yeah, for sure. What? But they have unique descriptions for all the different things, and that's pretty cool. Um, so so the first thing, like I said, there there are two things that I think it came down to for me. One, all of all of what I was just saying was that basically put together. There's there's no strategy. Oh, you know, there's also no um, there's no real trade offs in the game. In yeah. SimCity. If you build a lot of coal power plants, you're going to have pollution, right? Sure. If you all, you can also on you can also 
at least on, on, I think starting with SimCity 2000, you can choose to have higher density residential, commercial, or industrial zones or lower density. And of course, the higher density residential zones, for instance, will fit more people in, but they're a little bit less desirable. So property value might go down. So there's a trade-off in a lot okay. of stuff. Again, this doesn't have any of that. It's just, I need this, so I need to build this. So Ew. not much strategy. I think the second thing that makes it not much fun is that the game is way too abstract. Because So again, compared to SimCity, part of, or a big part of the fun of playing SimCity for me has always been watching your city grow and okay. seeing how it evolves over time. You know, obviously it starts off really small and modest. And then as you play, not only does it get bigger, but the structures become more elaborate. And it's it's cool being like, oh, look at this awesome city I just built. Um, and then aside from just the size of it, you're also kind of looking at the design. It's keeping in mind all these things that, you know, oh, I had to make sure that I laid all the different zones in the right place relevant to each other. And now I've got this road system. It's really cool to kind of back out and take a look at your city and see, you know, how intricate it is and how you built this thing that's got this, you know, really in-depth road system and everything laid out just just the right way and maybe you had to work around some of the uh some of the geography of the land to make things work right and that adds you know that adds kind of an interesting look to it as well this one you don't have a point of comparison you know you, you can't say oh this looks like a real city like some city you can't say oh this looks like a real heaven and hell because <laughs> i don't know because what, what that looks like <laughs> i don't know what heaven and hell looks like um <laughs> So it is fun to see some of the structures upgrade and kind of turn into bigger versions of themselves, but otherwise it's too abstract. You're just looking at it and it, and you're just, you know, it's just like, Oh, here's some, here's some stuff over here and here's some different looking stuff over here. Here's a gate looking thing over here. It, you don't have a point of comparison to where it's, to where you're like SimCity does where it's like, Oh, this is a really cool city. that looks so in depth. It's just like, Oh, here's just a bunch of junk basically thrown down that some of the individual components look cool. Sure. But overall it's not that interesting really. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, obviously I didn't like afterlife. It's got some, it definitely has some cool ideas, some cool things going on. Like you said, sounds like a, sounds like a really awesome premise for a game, mm -hmm. but, uh, it just, Execution, it, yeah, I guess it's just the execution just really isn't that good. I don't know. I think it would, you know, in retrospect, I think it would be really hard to make a game like this be a good one. Oh, for sure. Um, I'm sure there's a million mobile game versions of it by now. <laughs> yeah, probably. So, not very good. I started to hear that. The last one that I played is called Spellcasting 101 sorcerers get all the girls you said you saved the best for last <laughs> i said i saved the most interesting you lied to me for last this game this is a dos you lied to me <laughs> don't don't try and gloss over this this is a dos game that came out in 1990 uh-huh you are a kid who's going to wizard school okay i like it so far is his name harry uh no his name is You don't remember your name? Ernie Eaglebeak. Oh, jeez. What? <laughs> a 
brutal name. <laughs> I want to bully you already. Um, it's a game where you are a kid who's going to wizard school and banging lots of girls. Wait, really? Yes. Jesus. <laughs> of course you did this. I saw this on GOG. I don't think it's a new GOG release, but I was like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta, go, I gotta try this. I gotta try it out. Um, so this is a adventure game. It's a text adventure game. So, okay, that's better. It's not a hundred percent text. There is there 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 is art. There are graphics, but it's but it's all still scenes that don't not like more still than than mist for you know obviously the graphics are okay. much are, are are also you know much more primitive than mist but i say but but aside from that they're also much more limited in the sense that okay i'm in one room the room takes up you know this like a quarter of this so the way the screen is laid out on the left side you have all of the words that you can use for actions uh so you know how like in, in LucasArts uh, point and click adventures, you have the verb box. It's like the little box with the nine words or something mm-hmm. like that that you can do. So imagine that, but there are like a hundred words instead. Oh, okay? damn. Really? <laughs> yes. Do they a, really all have unique interactions or are uh, most of them like that can't be used here type thing? It's kind of a little bit of both. It's a lot of them can't be used. You know, I will say an impressive amount of them do have legitimate reactions that will happen. Wow. That's surprising. That is surprising. Um, but there are definitely plenty that can't be used. And also there are a lot that are duplicates where if you say, Uh, you know, uh, walk to, so there's that one place where you have to climb up a chimney. So if you say the, the, the fireplace is out. So if you say, you can say walk into fireplace or crawl into fireplace or go into fireplace. And those all do the same thing, for instance. Makes sense. Um, so the way the game is laid out, the, oops, the way the screen looks, you have this big scroll box on the left side of all the words that you can use. Um, then that's basically the left half of the screen. The top right corner, the top right quarter of the screen is a picture. It's whatever the scene is that you're at. Um, and then the bottom right is text. That's the, that's where the story is told. It's kind of telling you whatever has happened, whatever you're looking at, um, anything that anybody says to you. It's like the story is told through there. Nothing, there's nothing actually ever moving in the in the in the picture part of the screen. It's all the whole story is told to you through text, and then it's also the bottom right is also where you type in commands, and where you get the response, and it tells you what happens when you when you type in commands. Um, uh, and so there's no actual movement in the game. It's all. So you like you know you might type in the command to walk east, and then it'll show you in a whole entirely different scene. It's like okay, this is what you're seeing. You know, if there was a way for you to walk east, then this is what you see now, and it might be a forest or a room or a house or something like that. Okay. So you start off, and basically your stepdad is is on his way to beat you. <laughs> is the oh, way I'm the sorry. Do you want to try that one more time? It's the way the game starts off. <laughs> And you have, and I don't think there's any way to escape that because the, the, it, it is timed, but I don't think there's a way to get all the stuff done in the first part of the game that you need to do and, and get out before he comes. So that's kind of awkward, but, uh, it starts off with you in your room and you're in this really crappy bedroom and it's kind of 1800 style sort of. 
and you're trying to figure out a way to get out because the room, the door to your room is locked and all you have in your room is some of your own personal stuff, including an application to the wizard school. And you have to try to figure out how to get out of the room. Spoilers. Don't try jumping out the window. Cause then you automatically, cause then you'll die. But That's you, my strategy. If I ever play this game. <laughs> but if you, <laughs> yeah, good call. But if you get out, then you, uh, so, you know, you're kind of looking around, examine this, examine that walk here, open this, read this, open, you know, try this, do that. Eventually you figure out how to escape from your room and you're in another little conundrum. And then very shortly, very early on, you eventually make it to wizard school. And uh, that's kind of where the, the bulk of the game begins. And at wizard school, it's, it's really weird. You're kind of just walking around randomly and occasionally going to class. Like I said, time does pass in the game. So if you go to the lecture hall at certain times, there will be a class going on. And you can listen to the full lecture. And then other times you can go back to your fraternity house, for instance. Or, you know, later on at night there will be like frat parties and stuff like that. And there will be girls there. And eventually you get to potentially have sex with a girl uh, as long as you give the right commands, that kind of stuff. Just like real life. And just like real life. Oh, and by the way, there's a... You don't get any of the... Any of the sex stuff until you, unless you type as a command, naughty mode. That turns on naughty Jeez. mode. If you don't have naughty mode turned on, then instead of having sex with girls in the game, then you play chess with them. I mean, I'm okay with this. This is the second best thing anyway, so. Um, so, the first part of the game was, was, was pretty good for a text adventure game. It wasn't out of this world difficult like some of these can be where you're just expected to, you know, guess stuff that you would never guess at all, you know, like some text adventures can be where, where it's just based on you typing stuff. Um, and I will say, uh, as an aside, they do a good job of of giving you shortcuts to typing things in because they have all of the words on the left side that, that, that might be... Uh, that you might want to use for as I said, they also have all of your inventory listed next to that. So you can click on the word, you know, eat and then click on, I don't know, fucking candy bar or something. If you think you need to eat a candy bar and then hit enter. I do find that it's, that is much faster just to type things out, but to their credit, they do a good job of saying, all right, here are a couple different, you know, we realize this is a little bit, cumbersome so here's multiple ways to do things just do whatever works best for you you can also if you need to do the same thing twice in a row you can just type again and it'll do the same thing and also if you need to walk north for instance if you if you need to walk in a cardinal direction you can just type the letter of the cardinal direction and enter so you can just type n enter you don't have to type walk north every single time so i will give them credit they do a good job of of providing shortcuts however once you get past the first 15, 10 or 15% of the game, things do start to get a little bit ridiculous. Uh, I got a little bit stuck in the wizard school part where I couldn't figure out. There's not really any, it doesn't really give you a much of a goal. And there's all this, you have to find all these spell books and stuff in order to, be able to progress correctly and a ton of that I probably would have just straight up missed. 
and and so I was following a walkthrough to get through the game. I didn't finish the whole thing, but with using the walkthrough, it, it doesn't take very long. I did get probably about 80 or 90% through with the game. Uh, so you start getting a little lost around the, uh, the wizard school because it's just not clear what you, what you need to do. You don't have much of a goal. And a lot of the stuff that you are supposed to do is, is a little bit, uh, random anyways. But once you get past that, then it gets a hundred times worse. So eventually, and I've got this stuff pulled up here. Uh, hold on. Sorry. I need to find exactly where it is again. Uh, shortly after that, you get to a part where you are on this island and everyone on the island, there, there, no, no people are there, even though there's a house and there's, there's things like this. It seems like a place where there should be some sort of civilization, but there's just not. Okay. Okay. So eventually you find out here it is. <laughs> eventually you find out that. Basically, uh, I, 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 I forgot. Okay, so part of this is I forgot the whole story. And another part is I wasn't able to read the whole story because as far as I can tell. So as I said, there's this one little text box where the story is told to you. Obviously, sometimes there's more. There, there, there might be a couple paragraphs of text that it doesn't all fit in the box. So it'll show you stuff. And then you have to press enter to scroll through the rest. There are times where it would scroll through much more than just fits in that box. And a lot of it would just go past and I didn't get a chance to read it. And I could not figure any way to go back and scroll up through the text. Oh, so I don't know if I just missed it. If I just didn't figure that out or if that's a, a real flaw in the game, but a lot of the story, I just didn't, I just wasn't able to read Yikes. literally. Uh, <laughs> But aside from that, I was also getting bored with it, so I wasn't paying a ton of attention. But basically, you're on this island, and you find out that everybody has been magically turned in to random stuff on the island. All right? You with me so far? Sure. Uh, <laughs> so, you might get... So, what you're supposed to do here is you're walking around the island, uh -huh. looking, looking at the scenery... Uh-huh. And there might be a uh I'm trying to find a I'm trying to think of a good example. Something that is shaped relating to sex in some way, shape, or no, 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 no. Okay. There might good. be a uh where's one? A fishing pole. Okay. Okay. The fishing pole is a guy named Rod who got turned into a fishing pole. You get it? Okay. Rod? Yeah, I got that. Okay. You have this spell in your spell book called... Uh, I think it's called Baku. No, no, no. Sorry. It's called Kabul. K-A-B-B-U-L. And what that does is it restores a person to their human form if they've been turned into something else. Okay. So you see this fishing pole, and that's supposed... Every... Basically... You're supposed to look through the scenery or read through the scenery and see what what objects in the scenery might have been a person and what their name would have been based on what the object is now. So the fishing pole was Rod. So you're supposed to say, oh, look, there's a fishing pole there. 
Maybe that was a guy named Rod and type Kabul Rod. What? I am not fucking kidding. And it turns him back into a human. He's like, oh, thanks. And he walks off. Okay. What? Uh, there is a hook. Uh, so these are so these are actual examples that, that I'm looking at. Uh, I did this part this afternoon. There's a hook, like a fishing hook. That was a character named Barb. Uh. You're just supposed to figure this out. Ugh, it sounds like one of those things of just trial and error. Okay. Like spamming, right? It gets fucking ridiculous. There is, um, in one part, you're at a living room and there's an ad for something. I don't even remember okay. what. The And the ad is clearly, um, like, lying. Because it's like a, it's like not a real it's like an ad that you can tell is just a hoax. Okay. The character's name is Adli. A D A D. Excuse me. A D L A I. Oh, that's tough. There, uh, there are some gems in a uh, safe. That was supposed to be a character named Jules. Oof. like this is this fucking blew my mind like how could you ever ever figure out this stuff yeah how would you ever ever think that this is a good idea there are do you want to know how many objects there are that you have to guess and first of all you don't you don't even have to you don't get any um, indication of how many there are. You don't even know that this is what you're supposed to do. You just have to figure out that these are things that you have to turn back into people. And there's Can no you indi- just get good at this, Robert? I mean, that would really help. And there's no indication of how many there are. There are 80 of these. Oh, I was close. Holy shit. There's a... Um... Some of these I don't even get. There's a lime drink, which is a person named Ricky. Oh, there's probably, maybe there's an alcoholic drink. I'm guessing so, yeah. But, like, what the fuck? Yeah, that sounds really, really poorly done. It turns, it goes south fast. Specifically when you get to this part of the game. Um, Imagine having to guess 80 of these fucking things. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, That's, that was where, I, I was kind of off- I was kind of checked out before this part. This part was where I said, fuck this game. You know, before oh, yeah, it was just not a good game. Now it's a game. It's, it's a fuck this game game. Uh, like I said, there are a number of, of parts where you do get to have sex with ladies. <laughs> so, oh, okay. So it is redeeming. <laughs> so take that for what it's worth. Usually it'll have a picture. It, it doesn't actually have any nudity in the game, but it'll show, you know, maybe a woman in lingerie, and uh, you can type any number of things to do. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, and it, uh, what, what I'm saying is, and it, and it basically acts, it, basically this, the command is have sex with. Like, it'll give you the same reaction, but, you know, if, if you get anywhere in the ballpark of which was. Just like, again, just like real life. Like, this is very. <laughs> just like real life. <laughs> just kidding. 
You just gotta keep. It, it's the amount of plays you throw. Just, out there, right? just like, vaguely do the right thing, and it all works. Yeah, it's like it's like we talked about Tecmo Super Bowl. You just keep throwing plays out every once in a while. You get that that <laughs> one eight chance to just get a free freaking down. Oh, that's perfect. And then it expl- it, sh- it tells you what happened. Usually, it's not. Um, well, not usually. I say it's not very explicit. It just kind of gives you a vague. It's like, oh, she takes off her clothes and shows you the uh-huh. time of your life. It's you know, it's not like super graphic. Although there was this one part where, and I wrote this quote down so that I could just just for you. Um, it says, "You roll over onto the small concubine, though flaccid. You slip into her with surprising ease." Jesus, that's my father. <laughs> So, uh, that's all I have to say about spellcasting when it when sorcerers get all the girls. Take take of that what you will. Um, it it gradually gets worse and worse and worse. I guess until after you get past the island with all the fucking ridiculous puzzles, I guess it does technically get better after that. But at that point, it's a lost cause. I got really nervous for a second. I thought I had forgot to start recording um, when we took a break earlier. That would be the end of me. <laughs> me too. I don't think I can do this again. That would be the end of me talking forever. I would take a vow of silence from that day on. Jay, um, are you able to continue and do our top fives? Yeah, of course. Are you sure? Are you going to be able, Are you going to be all right? Why? What happened? Uh, we just talked about spellcasting 101 sorcerers and oh. girls, so I don't know if you can uh, handle. I, I mean, it depends. Are you going to keep going with this this specific topic? Uh, thankfully, this did not have any boss battles, so this game was ineligible Perfect. for this top five. But otherwise, it would have been auto-include. It would have been an auto-include, yeah, especially the, uh... Oh, fuck it, let's go. Top five boss battles. Yep. So we did this a long time ago. This was one of our... I think this was our second top five, or top three back then list that, that we did. And so the idea was for us to come up with our favorite boss battles and and I went back to uh listen to the previous episode after I came up with mine. Oh. So we could so I could see what we came up with as com- and, and see how it compares to back then. Okay. The problem with that is I remembered my list perfectly. <laughs> so I remembered a few of mine. So what I ended up doing is just coming up with an entirely different list so that I wouldn't have uh sure. The same exact stuff. So it didn't really turn out the way that we expected for two. I've got both of ours written down, so I'll tell you what yours were afterward. Okay. Um, uh, I'll get my low hanging fruit out of the way. I want to okay. get to, there's a couple that I just usually want to talk about more than more than anything. Um, the first one's for Final Fantasy Tactics. There are many boss fights in that game that are very memorable to me, but there's always one that sticks out, and it's not the best scripted boss, but it's a boss that is you are so motivated to kill him that it makes the boss good no matter what. Okay. And that's, that's the easiest way I could put it. And this is the second, I want to say the second Zodiac boss, uh, which we, I've talked about a few times, and even Blake talked about it a few times. Uh, this is Weegraf slash Velius. He is the second, I want to say second Zodiac boss. And this is an ass what kicker is, of a boss. What does second Zodiac boss mean? Zodiac bosses are sort of the the major bosses of the game so throughout the game you're you're searching for these zodiac stones that have great power and obviously they fall into the wrong hands and you fight them one by one and the second one is i would say without doubt the most frustrating and difficult one for me 
these bosses have a ton of health. They hit super hard, generally one or two shotting people on your party. And you obviously know how bad it is when you lose people because then you have a certain amount of time before they expire. And if they expire, you have to start the boss fight over. So it's like this really difficult boss. And then on top of this, so this this is what I love about this. It's so epic. It's so just dramatic. So Wegraf is one of the villains of the story for He's kind of a villain, but not really. There's certain things that he does that are kind of redeeming, but he's still a bad guy, so you have to kill him. So when you fight him, originally, when he's in his human form, his name's Wegraf, and you you 1v1 him. Ramza, who's the main character, uh, the main protagonist of the game, you actually get to 1v1 him. And this fight is not easy. This is a challenging fight. He hits super hard, and it's really challenging. And it's like, you finally get through, you're like, yes, I beat him. And then he's like, all right, fuck it. And he pops the Zodiac Stone and he goes into his Velius form, which is this demonic looking ram, right? Something that you would think can't, doesn't really go together, but it's this evil ram. And he summons, I think it's two or three extra guys with him who on their own have a lot of health and do a ton of damage, but then so does he. And he has these really critical summons that just devastate your army. So what I love about this boss is there's a couple of things. The first time you get into this, if you've never played Final Fantasy Tactics, I promise you, you will get stuck at this boss because what ends up happening is there's a save point just before it. So you save and then you're at this boss and it's like, holy shit, I can't grind my way through this. Is and this, that's a- Sorry to interrupt. Is this the one, <clears throat> excuse me, where you have your party, but you're locked on one side of the gate? And no. The party- no, this isn't that one. Okay, no, that is, this is uh, quite a bit earlier than that, actually. Okay. Um, that fight is also pretty fun, but also frustrating. Um, this fight, so after you 1v1, we grab, he transforms, and then your party comes in. And he has these, these goons with him. And so essentially, what I was talking about before with the save point is, you will save, and then you'll be like, holy shit, I can't beat this boss. Generally, in Final Fantasy Tactics, that means you grind until you can beat the boss. This case, because you save just before him, you don't get the opportunity to do that. So you have to figure out a way to do it. And ultimately what it usually resides in is me doing the craziest, dumbest comp I've ever seen in my entire life with the stupidest abilities. And then I usually spread my guys out very far because he does summons and they obviously have a specific range. Now, again, this isn't the most mechanically sound boss or the most interesting in that regard, but it is an ass kicker of a boss. And you're so motivated to beat him that when you finally do, it's like, Yes! Like you finally get the kill and you're like, oh my God, that took forever. And sometimes it could come down to just RNG at times too, which is also not the best mechanic. But I can't I can't describe it specifically, but it's just such an interesting boss. And again, it's it's one of those those things about classic games that's just brutally difficult that when you finally beat it, you feel validated for the amount of time you put into it. Sure. Love it. One of my there's so many bosses from this game, so I just wanted to get it off the list early because you know. Nice. What you got? All right. Should I go ahead and say the ones that I left out specifically since they were on my last list? Uh, nah, do it afterwards. Let's okay. Do it do it. All right. Yeah, so, you're going to read all of our lists, right? I am, but mine's a little bit different from yours in that, like I said, I specifically remembered what they were, so I left them out on purpose. But yeah, I'll just do them afterward. My number five is, uh, this one's a little bit weak, but, I, but, I, but it was one of the first ones that I thought of in Chrono Trigger. I don't oh. even I don't even remember the boss's name, but there's it's the boss on top of a like an airship, and all he does is he just stands there and says that he's about to get like he's about to like I'm about to attack you, and that's <laughs> all he does the whole time, and then and you just wail on him until he's dead. And you and I don't believe I've ever been attacked by this character. Interesting. Do you remember this? Vaguely, but I don't remember. I don't remember the mechanic. He just keeps saying like, "I'll get ready." Like I'm about to attack. I don't know if maybe he he does eventually attack or something. I played the game twice, and both times I killed him without him attacking me. 
He just keeps saying like, oh, "I'm about to, you know, like get ready," and then he, I always kill him before. I bet you if it, if it does go off, it probably just like one shots you. <laughs> Could be, yeah. That's that's mine. I don't even remember the boss's name. All right, Jay, number four. I'm torn. I'm torn. All right. So two things I had to have on here: Final Fantasy Tactics, World of Warcraft. Right. Those are the two. Get those out of the way early, okay. so we can talk about the more serious ones. Oh, uh, I didn't think about World of Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Oh, for me, I mean, this is like listen the way the just just wait. So there's a lot of bosses. The boss that I linked to the video of that's that's a boss. I'm pretty sure I talked about on my list last time. That'd be Cthune. Cthune, a great great encounter, but I've talked about it before. So let's talk about an earlier one. Let's talk about Ragnaros the Fire Lord. So Molten Core is the first major raid in the original World of Warcraft. And the there are all these bosses you do throughout it that are generally pretty easy. They have these simple mechanics. You know, they mind control. Maybe they fear. Maybe they have a stun of some kind. Nothing too crazy. And then you get towards the end, and you can't actually do the last boss until you clear the dungeon a few times, or the raid a few times, because you need certain reputation. Blah, 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 blah. But eventually, when you finally do it, you uh, convince one of the bosses that you actually kill to unleash him essentially so he goes down there and you get into this epic chasm it's the center of the molten core so it's this room where essentially all this lava is kind of flowing in a spiral and it all meets in the middle and the dude is standing there and he's waiting for you to talk to him so you buff up you get ready and you talk to him and he's like all right well fuck you guys i'm gonna summon him and he's gonna kill you so ragnaros comes out and he's this big lava magma tornado he has this giant orange hammer that is massive let me show you a picture of this. you've probably already seen this but hold on a second sorry sorry for typing oh that's okay uh what's a good picture here's a good picture this is what he looks like this is an updated graphic model of him but it's more detailed so you can get a, a full grasp but okay. so you're basically in this giant chasm with 40 of your friends and this guy pops up and he's massive oh, nice. like, he's Damn. massive he's like touching the roof of the dungeon right or the raid it's diablo yeah right no. Anyways, so he kinda, they, they have a conversation back and forth, and then he basically starts talking shit to you, and then he starts talking shit to the, the guy that unleashed him. And then he just one-taps the guy that, that summoned him. And this is a boss that you just fought, and so it's like, oh, shit. Like, he just one-tapped this boss that I struggled with, and now I have to fight this guy. And this raid encounter is amazing because it encompasses this entire room. So periodically, he will launch everybody who's in melee range away from him, and there's obviously lava. So if you fall in the lava, you take damage. Um, if you're too far away, you can just get shot out shot out into Africa and you'll just die because you mm-hmm. essentially just be way too far away from everybody. So that's the first mechanic. Obviously, he's just hitting the tank with this big molten hammer. The entire time, the room's kind of got this fiery essence going on because, you know, he's a giant fire tornado. And then after you get to a certain point, he actually submerges. He goes under the lava and a bunch of miniature little fire elementals come out and start running towards your group. So you have to collect everybody together. You have to AOE them down or you can crowd control them and start working them down. They also drain mana, so you can't have them too close to casters. So there's this really, really fun phase because you're all basically DPS on this boss. You're spread out. He submerges. You have to clump together in a strategic manner and then obviously eliminate these ads one by one. And then he comes back out. And you do this rinse and repeat. And he has a few other mechanics to it, but it's just a very visually stunning uh, stunning boss, especially if you are lucky enough to play ranged. If you're in melee, generally speaking, you're looking at either nuts or butts. And now you're looking at somebody's nuts or you're looking at their butt because you're in front <laughs> Uh, but if you're if you're lucky enough to be ranged, you get to actually see this big ass lava tornado just swinging this. Ep- or this it's actually a legendary item, this legendary mace back and forth of your tank, and then he'll randomly pick somebody and launch them away. Uh, other times he'll launch everybody away, and it's just a, a really really cool encounter. Obviously, throughout the years, people have, have figured out some pretty cool mechanics to avoid cert- to avoid certain mechanics that he actually does. 
but it is an, an amazing raid encounter. And it's your first taste of real difficulty. The earlier bosses in this raid are generally pretty easy. You can one-shot them oh, really? probably in a night. Yeah, their, their mechanics are, are generally pretty simple. Um, but this guy, it's like, he's not only a gear check, and a gear check means is your gear is your group geared enough to complete it, right? There's, there's that certain level to it, but also it's just he is pretty damn strong and you have to interact with his mechanics appropriately and it's visually a very stunning encounter and when you finally kill him his mace does like a 720 in the air, air and falls into the ground and like digs into it and it's this mace that is bigger than several characters so it's this giant hammer and that's what you actually loot not the hammer itself but that's what you actually loot in order to see the loot table for the boss nice amazing encounter the first time i saw it i was completely blown away and i will tell you i wiped on this boss tens of times before i ever even got the chance to see oh, that yeah? amazing encounter just just really really good encounter. sounds pretty intense yeah it's a good one cool all right what you got my number four is my, my list is turning out to be nowhere near as good as yours uh but my number good. four is um the final battle in advance wars because oh, which one? the the final one. No, no, which advanced wars? Oh, the the one on uh, uh, Game Boy Advanced. That's Black Hole Rising. No, it's just called Wait. Advanced Wars. Okay, just want to make sure. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, it's the it's the one where you are control. You're actually control, controlling three armies versus yeah. this one really powerful army, and that's kind of the whole reason why it's so cool. Because you've never there there's this mechanic has not been part of the game at all. You've just, it's just been one army versus one or one versus one other, or there, I think actually there, I take it back. There, there are some where there are other armies, but, uh, I believe, but the, uh, the, but the AI controls them, even if, you know, they're on your team. That's true. In this one, you control all three of the armies and you're fighting against one very, very difficult army. So you kind of have to, so, you know, obviously you're strategizing how to, get to him and attack him without just getting all your, all your stuff destroyed on the way there. Um, but it's cool having to, having to uh, kind of coordinate these three different armies uh, on this one attack, which again, isn't something that you've, that you've had to do in the whole game yet. And I don't know. That was just, I just thought that was really cool the way they did it. In black hole rising, uh, there's a, a special encounter you can do where it's three V one and you're the one. And it <laughs> is terrifying. Cause it's like you have these, these, uh, sort of objects that they have to defeat to get to your base. So you get some time to macro. So you have to play super greedy. And then essentially you choose like, okay, I'm going to put up a bunch of artillery at this one, a bunch of whatever at this one. And then this one is the one I'm going to push on. And then if you're wrong and they just like flood the wrong one, you just lose. It is unbelievably challenging. It took me a long time to freaking beat. That is a great one though. I really like, that's an amazing boss encounter. All right. What's your number? There's some good mechanics in that game. Yeah. Oh oh, yeah. That's a a good ass game. All right. Uh, my number three is Master Hand from the Super Smash Brothers series. I, <laughs> that was a good the one. first time I saw this boss, <laughs> I was just so impressed because throughout the entire game, you know, generally you're just one v one everybody, right? It's all the characters that you can unlock, all the characters you can play. And then you get to the final boss and you're like, yeah, what should the last boss be? Like, it's, it's not really like in my head, I was like, oh yeah, there's not really anything that specific that I'd be like, oh yeah, this should be the bad guy. Because you could play a lot of the bad guys from the key games, right? Like you could play Bowser. So it's like, if it was a Mario game, obviously Bowser would be the villain. And then you get to it, and it's these these master hands that do all these different animations and abilities that interact with it. Right. And you're just basically bullying. And then when you actually when it finishes, you find more or less it was kind of this concept of the hand was playing with the toys in a sense. That's that's kind of what I got from it at least. Sweet. Right? right? Okay. No, no, uh, yeah, anyways, yeah, yeah. 
I agree. Yeah, super, super fun encounter. It actually is quite difficult. And as in, in some of the later installments of the game, you, the difficulty can get quite overbearing. Like they have a lot of health and they'll actually try to do combos against you. And they have different mechanics that force you to use different abilities. And it, I just found it to be a pretty, pretty challenging and just kind of creative uh, boss encounter. Sweet. Number three for me is the final boss of uh, Star Wars Jedi Knight Mysteries of the Sith. Mysteries of the Sith was an expansion for Jedi Knight, but it was a very in-depth expansion. It's, you know, a whole new... It was basically a whole entire new game. Uh, and the... I, it's kind of a big spoiler thing, the way that you win the fight. And, and I think even... I don't remember if this was like a big mystery or not, but but somewhat, I think even the person who the final boss is is kind of maybe a spoiler. I don't remember exactly, but so I won't say that. But you play as Mara Jade, who I won't go into it, but if you know the old Star Wars uh, expanded universe, you'll probably know who Mara Jade is. The The main thing about it was the way that you have to win the fight. It's very, uh, very unique and very interesting. <clears throat> so uh, that, that's, that's all I'll say. This one, because... The way you have to win is is really different, and it's also uh, really good. It works with the story really, really well. That's all I can say. Cool. All right, number two. My number two is from Luigi's Mansion, and this is Vincent Van Gore. So Vincent Van Gore is one of the last bosses you actually fight. He's like probably one of the last five bosses, I want to say, you fight before the end of the game. Obviously, he's a painter. Uh, but what's cool about it is he has all these paintings in the room, and each one of them comes to life and attacks you. And they are all creatures that you face throughout the game. So you, so one by one, or actually, it's not one by one. It's, it's in clumps. You essentially face all the enemies you've done thus far, and you get to basically get to redo all the mechanics you know from it. And then ultimately, you get to fight him, which he's a pretty simple boss. I think they kind of did that as planned because they didn't want to make this super long boss fight and then give you a, a complicated boss mechanic. But just the visuals and the overall idea of the boss was, was super creative. And I loved getting repeats of some of the earlier creatures because you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. And you go through one by one all the way to the end to get to fight him. And it's like, I don't know. It's just it's a nice way to, to recap everything you've done so far. And just visually, it's kind of cool. And the name, I mean, Vincent Van Gore is pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, that's really so. good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. My number two is in Anamusha, the, the doppelganger boss. Oh, nice. Just because the way it's presented is so weird and creepy and surreal. Yeah, I was going to say creepy is the word I would, I would go with. Uh-huh. You walk into this one part, and uh, you're in this little cave. And out of it's the other... early on, right? Um, eh, fairly early, early. I'd say maybe like 20% through the game, something like that. Okay. Um, somebody walks out from the other end of the cave, and it's you. It's just another person who looks and acts exactly like you and he just comes up and he starts fighting you and there's no explanation you don't know what's going on but all you have to but all you know is you have to fight this guy who is who is you and that's i don't know something about that was just really cool and, and really powerful in a way it, it was a challenge for me early on <laughs> yeah it was pretty, yeah it is a pretty tough fight too yeah that one that one i always thought was really well you know i all i say always i didn't play it till about a year ago but as soon as I played that, I was like, wow, this is this is really It was my cool. favorite all the time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next. I'm excited. My number one is Majora from Majora's Mask. And for a lot of different reasons. So to start, Majora for, is the last for boss. for what? Uh, for a lot of different reasons. Okay. 
So to start, Majora is obviously the last boss in Majora's Mask. Um, very challenging in his own kind of way, or I guess not. Anyways, uh, so essentially, as you progress through the game, you obviously unlock different types of masks. And the more masks you unlock, uh, you actually work towards an item that will actually make the last boss super duper easy. And one of the, the cool pieces about it, so essentially, if you want to, you can, you can go very early uh, once you collect the main uh, four main masks of the game. Um, otherwise, obviously, you can collect them all and get the, the, the mask that makes all it easier. Regardless, the boss is still generally the, the same flow, just the, um, what do you call it? The different mechanics are a little bit shorter, obviously, because you're more powerful. Mm -hmm. But essentially, you go through many different phases with Majora. The music is exceptional, and it's this weird kind of personality and emotion that they put on this boss. Because at times, they make you almost feel bad for what you're doing, because oh, yeah. they make... Make, make Majora scream like a child. It, it's really weird. And Majora is a mask again, right? So these tentacles kind of pop out of it and they have these different mechanics to go with it. And early on, it's like, okay, you're, you're just kind of fighting Majora, no big deal. And then it sort of goes, it, it devolves into this really creepy alien-like boss and the music starts to get very playful and kind of weird and eerie. And it just kind of gets worse and worse until the very end of it. And there's one part where you, you get this like subtle break where you have to do almost like this obstacle course in order to complete the boss, which it's really weird. It's kind of out in left field and it, it distracts from the boss a little bit. But then when you get back to it, you're like, oh yeah, I'm fighting a boss and I'm doing all this weird stuff. And the obstacle course takes you a little bit while, but throughout the entire thing, it keeps the same tone, which is this weird, again, eerie boss. And it's, kind of odd because Majora's, Majora's Mask throughout it has been not that. It's been a little bit weird at times. There's a couple key bosses and, and dungeons that, that are a little bit odd, but not to this degree. And it, it's kind of a shock, but at the same time, it's, it's an enjoyable ending to kind of a bizarre game overall. And I think, I think this boss kind of ties everything together. It, have you ever played through Majora's Mask? No, I have never played it at all. Okay. I know, obviously, people have different opinions on Majora's Mask, but I don't know. This, this is, I think it was a great way to close out the game. Yeah, it sounds really cool. That, that, at least that part of it does. You've got, yeah. you've got to play it sometime. For better or worse, even if you don't like it, you've got to play it sometime. It's a really fun game. Sure, yeah, I probably, I, I'm, I'm sure I will. One day. One day. One day. We're going to hold you to that, Robert. Are you? Okay, good. You can hold me to it. Ooh. All right, my last one. You ready? Yep. Um, Earthbound, the final boss. Yes! Yes, yes. This was actually on Blake's list when we did this list originally. And this was before and that was before I had played it. But um and this is again I guess most of our listeners have probably listened to that episode since everybody seems to start early and then work their way up. But uh in case you haven't heard it, I don't want to spoil it. But the uh the final boss yeah, spoilers now. If you haven't played it, probably don't listen to this. Well, should should I go? Should I, I think so. It, it, this was on my list for I, I got I chopped it off at the very end just because it's it's such a good one. But I, I think you should. I think you should at least justify it. Well, so the the final boss uh, is I, I, one thing that I won't spoil just because I don't really have to is that it's a character that you've seen at other points in the game. Uh, and he wasn't a boss or anything at that point, so it's a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a, of a of a surprise to see who it is. But then, um, what you have to do at the very end, so you find this final boss, and there's 
there's no way to beat him. You can't figure out, like, you can't just kill him by regular attacks or anything like that. And what you end up having to do is use, and again, this is a big spoiler, so maybe skip ahead, I'd say, two or three minutes if you don't want to be spoiled. You have to use an ability that one of the characters has that you can use at other parts of the game, but you probably won't because it doesn't ever, it sometimes, like, does stuff, but it usually doesn't, which is, uh, it's Paula, right? That's her name? Yeah. Yeah, Paula has an ability called Prey. And what does it normally do, Jay? Do you even remember? Like, I don't even no, think I ever used it. It does something like kind of weak and doesn't always work. Uh, I, I believe I could be a little bit off on the details in that, but so you never use it here. You have to use it. And basically um, you start using it and she said, and it, it kind of comes, there's a, there's a thing at the top, a little message at the top and it says, please. And it's got a lot of blanks. And it's and and again I I'm a little fuzzy on the details because it's been a while since I've played it but it basically says please blank 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 uh, one blank for every letter help us and every time you do pray it shows a different part of the world that you have visited before and the people in that part of the world sort of come together and they start praying to try to get somebody to help us fight off this boss as they start praying it fills in it starts filling in letters at the top of the screen to that the person who they're praying to that says, you know, please blank help us. And as they start filling in the letters, you realize at some point that they're spelling out your name, the name of you, the person playing the game. And the way it got that was early, early, early on in the game. At one point they say, Hey, what somebody comes across says, Hey, what's your name? I just want to check. And, um, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. And you type in your name. It's like, no, 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 you, like the person playing. I, I don't want to know the character's name. I want to know you, the person playing. I want to know your name. What's your, what's your name again? And you type in your name. And so that's what this is used for. They take that. And then at this point, at the very end of the game, they fill in the blanks with your name on that part. And, and this is obviously something that was not done at this time. Oh, this hell was something no. that completely sideswiped anybody who, who played this game. Yeah, I can only imagine. I... I this is so. This is one of those things where it's like I really wish I could have played this when it came out because I cannot imagine how I hate that awesome it would have been playing this back then. I have that regret for a lot of games, and it's really frustrating sometimes. Like, man, I wish I could do that. Yeah. So that is uh, an amazing final boss battle for me. That's a really solid one. I had that on my list, and it was one of those ones I was like, I really struggled with because I, I was like, did I put this on my list last time? I think I did, and I was like, ah, I could talk about this for like fifteen minutes. But, uh, <laughs> I like it. All right. Uh, so let's hear our list from last time. Let's see. All right. So my list from last time was all Metal Gear Solid bosses. Oh, Jesus. Which I, number one was Psycho Mantis. Uh, that was number three. Number three? Number three Damn. was Psycho Mantis. Number two was The End. And number one was the final boss of Metal Gear Solid 3, which I also don't want to spoil. Um, in my defense, those are all amazing bosses. And I may have even used them again if I hadn't used them before. Jay, yours were number three, Might and Magic 8, a boss that asks you riddles. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah, this was the one where you tried to get me and Jay to guess the answer. And then when we started trying to guess, you realized you didn't remember what the answer was. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember. I remember I knew I got the first two, I think, right. But the last one I could I, did, I had to look up when I actually did it. And then your second one was Verminator. Oh, yeah. From Secret of Evermore. Uh, Secret of, yeah. It's a good one. 
And then your number one was Final Fantasy Tactics, Gafgarion. Oh, man, when you kill Gafgarion the first time, hell yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the fights you were talking about, because that's Gafgarion that separates your party behind Oh, that's what that one is. Okay. Yeah. yeah that, that's that, one, that one was super hard. The one where you really fight him, spoilers, uh, is the <laughs> Executioner. It's probably the hardest battle in the entire game. And that one is like, you are outnumbered by like two people. Like it's, it's so stacked against you. And when you finally do it, when you finally beat that fight, oh, the feeling is just like, yes. Because the rest of the game from there is not easy, but it, it's, you're, you're at the, you've surpassed the most difficult part of the game, I would say. All right. Good lists. I'm glad I didn't get exact duplicates. I thought for sure I had a WoW boss on there that I was thinking of. Man, I'm kind of bummed now. <laughs> well, uh, I think they were good also. Thanks, man. Our next top five is going to be the top 10 best games of 25 years ago. Our annual the next top five is going to be a top 10. There's a top 10, <laughs> yes. Um, our annual 10 best of 25 years ago celebration. Yep. So that'll be what, 1994? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, 1994. Um, let me make sure that like it doesn't work out some weird way to where it's supposed to be. To where we've been doing a little weird and it's not um like ninety it's supposed to be ninety five or something. Um I gotta shave my mustache. It's tickling my nose so much. Oh, you got a mustache? What? Have you not seen me? <laughs> I guess not. Oh. I've had facial hair for a while. I don't think you've had any since I've last time I've seen you. Mm, my friend, I've had a beard for a good couple of years now. Really? Yeah. Okay, I guess. Lisa, when did I start growing my beard out? Like two years ago? Huh? When did I start growing my beard out again? It was like two years ago? Oh. She agrees with me. Okay. I guess I just didn't pay good enough attention. Uh, yeah, no, okay. you will. 19, 1994. Top 25 games of 1994. Or top, tw- sorry, top 10 games of 1994. All right, Jay, let's go to emails. Let's do it. Let's do emails. How many we got this time? Emails, 50? emails. Everybody loves 100? them. Let's see. Um, I got. I can't find them. That's not good. Oh, I found them. There's five. Perfect. How's that? It's the exact number I had in my brain, I promise, and you can't <laughs> prove otherwise. All right. First one comes from Sven. Specifically, Sven, comma, from Germany. Ooh. Subject line is uh, random thing. Can I have you uh, take this one? Absolutely. Send me the link if you can. Okay. Or you can post in here, whichever is easier for you. Oh, the formatting is messed up because you wrote balls in size 72 font. Did you? Yeah, I was trying to get you to click on that last time, remember? Underlined. How funny is that? Uh, gr- green color, orange highlighted background. Did you like that? Yeah, I loved it. Especially when I tried pasting it and it did the whole entire email in size 72 Oh, font. let me see that. No, Why it's just, it it's gone Z? now. Freaking scrub. Oh, I got centered. <laughs> I'm not even uncentering it for you. You just have to read. You know what? In fact, I'm going to raise it back to size 72. You just have to. You just have to read it that way. That's fine. 
Hi, Robert and Jay. It's 54 pages long now. (laughs) Let's go. Hi, Robert. Hi, Jay. As I'm still in the process of listening to every single episode of the CGP, in parentheses, Classic Gaming Podcast. Thank you. I wasn't sure. Uh, (laughs) Chronologically and absolutely enjoying it and have now reached episode 39. (laughs) This is so weird reading it this way. I can't do it. I'm still going. Uh, There are naturally several things to comment on. Not everything is to be taken 100% seriously, more like 200%. So here's a list of totally random things I wanted to point out. One, the moment when you probably lost about three-fourths of your listeners Uh for good... Listeners for good was in episode 38 when Jay said the thing about... Excuse me. When Jay said that the good thing about Bahamas Lagoon was that you can play its battles perfectly when taking a dump as they are from 15 to 30 minutes long. <laughs> One, you cannot, and this might surprise you. Wait, wait, stop. You hold, used- on, hold on, hold on. Time out, time out. I think this is a whole separate thing. That was one. What? He said a list of totally random things I wanted to point out. That was one. Now this one says two. Is your numbering different? No. Uh, wait, I just... Okay, anyways. It says, Sorry, you confused me. No, it says two. You, I think okay. this, he's starting a whole other thing now. Let's shrink this back down to normal size. This is actually good call. Me now. All right. All right. Oh, God. I got to uncenter. I can't believe you did this to me. How dare you? <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, number two. You cannot, and this might upset you, use the word literally in every sentence possible for one to compose in the English language. For instance, it makes zero to negative sense to say, <laughs> I literally don't know, as Robert did in one of the episodes. Ouch. Interesting. Uh, There are many more similar examples in your podcast and of the same quantity. It's like saying it is literally 4.30 p.m. (laughs) What on earth is not literally about such a short, totally simple sentence that makes it necessarily necessary to stress the fact that you mean it literally? Okay. All right. Let me. uh, Sven. uh, Yes, I will say that I uh, actually 100 percent agree with you on this one. And I am ashamed. I literally agree with you. And I, sh- and I am ashamed of myself that Don't I. Don't be. That I am because this is something that actually does. But I hate it. I hate it when people use literally uh, unnecessarily or in a way that doesn't mean literally. Uh, I think I think it was Lisa that told me the the I think it was Webster's Dictionary actually adjusted the definition of the word to align. They with did, how, how and that's fucking are. stupid. It's really not, though, because, I mean, language is – the purpose of it is to evolve over time. Okay, it's not okay, to be the, set in stone and everybody to follow it, though, right? Yes, that, that, is tr- that is true. Um, and also um, – you're, okay, you're right about that. And also dictionaries are really meant to be more descriptive uh, than, than prescriptive. In other words, like you said, they, they're supposed to yeah. reflect what the language does, not what it should do. But I, feel, well, I still think it's stupid um, for two reasons. One – now we have the word literally meaning two basically opposite things. Um, and also, there's not a good substitute for the word literally anymore since it has been misused so poorly uh, throughout really the past like 10 years, I guess. Oh, it's more than that now. Maybe more now. And, yeah. um,. What I've also read is that words that have two opposite meanings, such as basically literally now, there are there are other words in the English language that can basically mean the opposite thing of each other, uh, of itself. Eventually, what happens is one of the 
uh, meanings of that will go away, and it'll yeah. it'll tend go tend toward just just one of those meanings. So, I feel like that's already happened. You think so? I hope not, because I, I, I mean, at least at least in at least in spoken form for sure. I mean, the way that people use it, though, I, I don't mind it. Maybe it's because I grew up with it, but I, I can understand the frustration with hearing it so much, especially since you and me both do said that constantly during this time. And two, we also say like a lot, which is also a very common thing that people use for filler. It's like either people say like or um. Yeah, or, but that's different because when we say like, we're not using it in a way that means the opposite of what it. Originally, yeah, meant. I guess, but I mean, we're not like mangling I, I, I the definition. I think it's such a minor thing to harp on. For I, I get the the frustration with it, and I can understand wanting to, you know, better the the way you, you're using it correctly. But it bothers, I think that's just I think to harp on. I I, ha- I hate it because it it I guess it may it it makes it now we don't have a word to mean literally. Basically, eh, I think that's being a little. That's the word extreme i guess i don't know that that just it seems like such an odd thing to harp on i get it and i understand that it's like when people say well, i guess it's not the right the same thing because that actually isn't a word <laughs> I, I understand i understand the criticism of it but at the same time it's like language evolves people take words and i mean look at how many words today are used maybe not in the exact opposite manner but in manners they're not intended to and it catches on so well but i people think people use them like constantly. that's a but i think that's okay because it's not the opposite of what's supposed to really be. that's what separates between being okay and not being okay if yeah it's, if it's the exact so. opposite yeah interesting i don't know i think that's an odd thing to harp on i i can understand somebody saying you guys say these words way too much and we did for a long time there was like i said got him a lot i said literally a lot okay <laughs> there's um, nothing wrong with that but nothing wrong i guess with got but, i mean i can understand that criticism but to just be Harping on the fact that it's the opposite definition. I don't know. I well, anyway, I agree with Sven, and I am ashamed of myself for having used literally in such a literally poor You still fashion. do. You and I both do. I don't think I do. I mean, I'm sure I slip and do it sometimes, but overall, I really try not to. Interesting. All right. On to number three, you, and this means both you as well as Blake, keep stating that the fact that the Genesis didn't have great music. Blake even once said that he can probably think of only one or two games on this console that do. This really surprises me, as my two favorite soundtracks from three Genesis games, Streets of Rage 1 and 2 and Revenge of the Shinobi, would like to hear what you guys think about the music in these games, which was all composed by Yuzu Koshiro, an absolute genius, I am H.O., um, yeah, honestly, the, the Genesis really, I haven't listened to these specific titles or, or I, Streets of Rage them. 1 and 2 I've played, but I, they don't really stick out in my mind as games with like incredible music. The Genesis just overall doesn't have a lot of strong soundtracks. I mean, but I mean, if you enjoy it, it's all subjective, right? So if you enjoy this music and it does something for you, by all means, it's just Genesis is not the console that sticks out in my mind as something with a really strong soundtrack. Here, let's give this a very quick listen. Here's Streets of Rage. I'm going to skip ahead a little. <laughs> alright, it's kind of cool. It's, it's alright. I wouldn't say I love it, but it's uh, it's got a real cool, like, vibe to it. Here's, um... Well, this is the full... There's a lot of tracks in this, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think. Okay. Here's uh, Shinobi. I mean, this is alright. Yeah, I, I can agree with you on that. I don't think it's amazing, but it's... Yeah, I don't think it's, it's amazing either. I'll put it this way. It sounds like background music to a beat-em-up. Yeah, it does. To me, it sounds like good Sega Genesis music. 
Shinobi's a little bit better, though. There's a little bit more variance. I feel like the Street Rage one was... Ooh, this is kind of good. Ooh, I like the pacing. This 12 minutes in is pretty good pacing. All right. Um... Okay, so yeah. yeah I, I think this one's better. I think Shinobi's actually pretty damn good. It seems like there's some strong variance to it. Yeah. All right. Number four, some ideas for personalized classic gaming podcast achievements. For Robert, complete an entire episode without saying the, the words Metal Gear or Solid. Uh, so you were still listening to the earlier episodes, so a lot of the stuff has worked out. And this one in particular, Robert doesn't talk about Metal Gear Solid every episode anymore. I, I think you probably go more episodes without saying it than you do saying it now. Probably. I mean, That might even be true. I think I may have hit a milestone on that. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Complete a single sentence without using the word like or kind of. Nah, that's not going to happen. Good luck with that. I've known Robert for, what, almost 10 years now? At least 35. Uh, coming up with a top three list that consists of not entirely of LucasArts games. Yeah, another one that we kind of worked out over time. We <laughs> tried to be a little bit more diverse in our answers and tried not to repeat. Uh, and if we were going to repeat things, like if they were so strong that they had to be discussed, we would usually put them in our honorable mentions. And uh, let's apologize see. for it and cry for mercy. Right. For Jay, complete an entire episode without experiencing some sort of technical malfunction. <laughs> yeah. Again, I think that's another one that we've... we've uh... I forgot about that. You did used to have some issues. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I remember there was, a, there was a time when I had a headset that was just like... Yeah. It was so brutal. And, and the fun part was, is too, is, is a lot of times I would have no issues with my equipment, but the second we started recording, I would start having issues for whatever reason. I think it was... <laughs> of course. Well, do you remember that? Though? No, in all seriousness, because I used to sit in VOIP with people all day and then you and I would try to do an episode and we couldn't go 30 minutes yeah. without having something crash. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do remember. Uh, complete an entire episode out cramming 27 bags of cheese puffs into your mouth at the same time <laughs> while still trying to say something. <laughs> I think that's you Man, too. I kind of envious, uh, envious of my younger self. That's uh, I do remember that. Not saying, oh yeah, when someone mentions Final Fantasy Tactics. No, that'll never end. Final yeah, Fantasy Tactics gonna... is an incredible game. Good luck with that. Let's be uh, realistic on our expectations here. Yeah, I was going to say, you talk about that, or WoW, or shit, most Square Enix games for Super Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, apart from such minor issues, let me tell you that I absolutely love the podcast, that is, as it is very obviously obvious excuse me, that you love gaming with a passion, and let your honest opinions on games are always formulated in depth and 100% honest. Uh, let's, let me end this email with an impression of Robert talking about a game he played. Oh, God. All right, so I played this game that is like a game where you, you are, do the voice of his right? And you like when starting the game, you like kind of are told that you are made by some kind of evil, like kind of evil scientist that is constructed to like take over the world. But then you're like kind of like developed into some kind of brain and like fled from this lab, like and so on and so forth and on and on and on till the cows come home. All right. Oh, so so that's Lisa. Lisa's <laughs> laughing behind me. <laughs> Does she know that you're doing me? Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Did you hear what she said? <laughs> yeah. I, I actually that was the best part. Your impression was better than the actual... Uh, was better Thanks. than the right. I actually, I'll be honest with you, halfway through, I started, get, I started mad-libbing a lot of it. <laughs> Too tired to, to juggle both reading this and keeping your... <laughs> yeah. All right, Sven goes on to say, okay, so here's how I would really like to end this email okay. with two questions. What was the very first computer or video game that you played, and how was that experience? Ooh. Mine was Scramble. Actually, I'll, I guess we could pause here and go through this. Well, so again, what was your very first computer or video game that you played? Jesus, I have no idea what video game 
Honestly, I think mine was Mario on NES. It was I would either, like to think it was mine as well, but I don't know. It was either Mario or Excite Bike. Because I remember playing Excite Bike in a store, Jeez. but I, I don't know if I may have also played Mario in a store too. I have no idea. But then when I got an NES, then then I th- I believe the the only game that I got with it at first was Mario. So that so it was one of those. I think mine was Super Mario Brothers three. I think that's probably oh, really? right. Yeah, I think so. I don't know because I grew up. So I had an older brother who was six years older than me, and a sister. Excuse me, he was four years older than me. So when the Super, the regular Nintendo came out, he was the first child. They got that. They they pretty much got a lot of games for it right off the bat too. So I don't remember which one I played first, but it was one of the Super Mario Brothers, Final Fantasy. Yeah, I think that's probably the regular Nintendo was the first one for me. And I don't even remember which computer game was first. Maybe half. Oh, I have no. I, there's no telling what computer. Yeah. I have no way of. As soon as we figured out how to legally download games and crack them, oh my god, it was endless. That was like the end of that. Oh yeah, hundred (laughs) percent. We'd build these two, these piece of shit, two shitter computers, and we would just play (laughs) two shitter computers. What does that mean? Like they were Frankenstein's from you know (laughs) people's parents and stuff. We would just throw these things together. together. Gotcha. Yeah, just like oh, (laughs) they were just Frankenstein. Sometimes they would have just open sides with no side panel, (laughs) a fan pressed against them. Like whatever you could get going. (laughs) I had one of my friends had this computer, and if you turn the monitor off, it would shut down the whole thing. (laughs) I love stuff like that. <laughs> you know, it was like some of the most exciting part of the first chapter of playing any game back then was getting the computers working and <laughs> yeah. everybody on the same freaking network. Yeah. Um, so Sven goes on to say, mine was Scramble on the Commodore 64. And though I played it on a 10-inch black and white TV, I was totally hooked and played that game and Jumpman for hours and hours. As I only had these two for the first few days after I got my first computer. Nice. Keep up the good work. I'm so happy that something like your podcast exists in today's world of stupid fucking millennials playing Candy Crush on their stupid <laughs> fucking smartphones. Spend from Germany. You know what's actually what's really funny about that is look at look at the percentage breakdown of people who actually play Candy Crush. It's actually a lot of fucking old people too. That's my, what I was my, about to say. I don't think millennials yeah. really spend their time playing Candy Crush for the most part. I think, yeah. like you said, it's old people. Yeah, it's actually really funny because my dad got hooked on Candy Crush and um, Angry Birds. It was so crazy, too, because he, he's like kind of not an advocate against video games, but thinks they're generally a waste of time. And it's like I, I just I laugh when I see the amount of hours invested into like Angry Birds. Like, it's just like, holy shit. How? How? I get bored after like 30 minutes. Like, how can you? Do that? <laughs> yeah. Anyways. All right, Sven. Thank you for the email. Next up, we have. Back from the. Back from the dead, Mr. Father Beast. Ooh, better have some good excuses. Yeah, you better have some good excuses. He says, hello, Father Beast here. I've not written in for a while because I've been a little busy. My daughter was married a week or so ago, and I was kept happy. Wow, awesome. That's cool. I guess, okay, he does have, yeah, he's got an excuse. I have kept listening to your show and have continued to consider how I would fill the last few top five lists that have been going by. And I figured that since you guys always read my letters, even the long ones, I figured, well, why not just give them all in one shot? And if the letter runs long, so be it. I like the way you think. He says, the first one is a bit tricky. A few weeks ago, you guys were doing a top five of games that you wanted on a mini version of an old console that was coming out soon. Something like the mini Sega Saturn or mini 3DO or mini Magnavox Odyssey or whatever. Since I usually don't participate in these things, I've uh, never having played them in the first place, I decided to do a parody top five from a system that I actually played 
but I'm talking about the venerated Commodore 64. Now, there was a mini of that sold around Christmas time, around 15 years ago, and it had 25 games pre-installed on it, but I didn't get it since the selection was pretty crappy. Hmm. Uh, and I think, actually, this is me talking, I think they came out with a with another one pretty, like, in the past year <clears throat> that also supposedly didn't have a very good selection, but I didn't keep up with it too much. Uh, he says, I think the only game included that I recognized was Hacker. <clears throat> I did some further checking online and found that another one had been released more recently. <clears throat> Sorry. And updated and and an update allowed people to play virtually any Commodore game of old by putting disc images on a flash drive. Since I nope. can just play about anything on this thing, the list becomes not games I hope to be on the Commodore Mini, but rather top five games to play on the Commodore 64 Mini. Oh, yeah. Five Questron. I've mentioned this game before as it was my introduction to computer RPGs and for the longest time. I always wanted to play games like it, such as The Legend of Black Silver or Legacy of the Ancients. It would be interesting to see if the Mini could work with this since the game played on multiple discs. The manual bragged, quote, The game of Questron is so huge that it takes up both sides of the disc. <laughs> <clears throat> That's amazing. Number four, number four, Load Runner. A cool platformer that that had you running around the screen, picking up treasure, digging holes for the bad guys to fall into. You could also jump into your own holes, that's what she said, to access the next level down. Each level became like a puzzle to be solved, while it felt like your dexterity was what kept you ahead of things. I would want to play this authentically with an Atari joystick, you can print these TM, oh, and you can make your own levels in the editor. <clears throat> Number three, Impossible Mission. This was a technical achievement. It had your character jumping up and down platforms in these amazing looking rooms in order to get items and flip switches. And the jumping and tumbling was so smooth and looked so good that we could hardly believe it was being done on a Commodore. It even had some digitized speech to welcome you to the game. Oh, and playing the game was fun too, if a bit hard. Two, Jumpman. Another platformer. It's funny that we have Jumpman mentioned twice in the same email section. Another platformer. And the Commodore 64. <laughs> yeah. This one had all these little gimmicks that made each level unique. Like some levels had you build a ladder to reach the higher sections and wooden maddening one made a duplicate of you that did all the things you did since the level began appeared every time you picked up a treasure. Uh, I didn't quite follow that, but anyway, I downloaded a free program called Jumpman Forever so I could go back and play some of these great levels. And number one, Castle Wolfenstein. Yes, this game was the inspiration for Wolfenstein 3D many years later. This game was top-down and more of a stealth game than a run-and-gun shooter. It also had chests with supplies, and you would point your gun to the chest and hold the spacebar to begin picking up the lock. Picking the lock. If you got impatient, you could shoot the chest, but if it turned out to have bullets or grenades, it would blow up and you would die. You, would get, you could get a guard's uniform and walk past guards on, control, on patrol without being caught. I spent an unreasonable amount of time playing this game. I've never played that. That sounds really cool. Uh, okay, well, that's one list. On to the next one. On to the Collector's Edition's top five. I decided that I would limit the included items to one main tchotchke. <laughs> I mean, I could go crazy and say I want a Heroes of Might and Magic collection with all seven games and expansions, an art book for yes. each. Steam yes, yes, for, for all. This, for this person. <laughs> plus videos on the making of these games and signature cards from the developers, plus whatever else I could think of. Okay. But I want to restrain myself all. And think of what I would actually buy. 
that uh, that H O M M monstrosity would probably cost four hundred dollars. So sure. top five collector's editions and what would be included. Number five, Minecraft comes with a foam pickaxe and shovel. Number four, Marvel Heroes comes with a miniature Thor's hammer, Captain America's shield, or Iron Man helmet. Number three, Heroes of Might and Magic 3 comes with a statuette of either a black dragon, an archangel, a cyclops, Ooh. or a titan. Two, Civilization 5 comes with a six-inch bust of one of the game's leaders. And one, Star Control 2 comes with a high-quality star map two feet on a side with black sky and colored stars as well as the labels for the constellations just imagine putting that on your wall and imagining where you would travel to next i'm liking a lot of these so far to be honest with you yeah i like the star control 2 one especially the fun doesn't like it (laughs) the fun thing about the ones that gives you one of several things is that some people will feel like buying multiple copies so they can get them all True. And so, do you remember people doing that with the uh, Warcraft 3 box? There yeah. were three different bo- four different boxes? Uh, not specifically that one, but there were a few that, that in my time, that, yeah, I remember people buying a few. My, my old roommate bought a few of uh, a couple of collector's editions for that exact reason, which was so frustrating because he ended up buying quite a few and then gave up and ended up just buying the figurines online. <laughs> for like a ridiculous price. It was so stupid. I felt so bad for him. Uh, and so we come to the last... To the latest top five list, I knew immediately upon your announcement what would be number one, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys choose, as well as what you chose so long ago. Just remember to include what Blake chose also. Sorry, I did not include that. Oh, actually, you didn't. Yeah, damn. Yeah, I, I, I only thought about it in, like, in a sense of comparing the new to the old, so that's sure. why I didn't pay much attention to his. Uh, but I did notice the, uh, the Earthbound one. Uh, number five, the Guardian of Orion from Master of Orion. The first M... The first... Sorry, not MMO. First M-O-O... Of course, the one for uh, the MMO being Master of Orion, the one from Master of Orion 2 is kind of crappy. You discover this by accident, just ending your scout ship into an unknown system uh, and it gets blown away by the super powerful ship. It takes quite a fleet to take it down eventually. And oh, the tech you get from it is always great. Not to mention that you can now settle the system Four hell cows from Diablo 2. Oh, yeah. Beating everything and making it to the cow level is always a blast. Their voices sound like they just had some guys in the office re- recorded saying moo, and it's hilarious. Yeah, I do. I, I always love that about it also. Uh, then you discover that these guys are really tough, hit very hard, and there's a lot of them. Always an exhilarating experience. And they have good loot. And they have good loot. Number three, Tyf- Typhon from Titan Quest. Wow, this guy is tough. You see crushed marble wherever he has walked and torn and destroyed buildings in his path. In addition to the to his other attacks, he has this very annoying life-sucking thing which can kill you in seconds and also recharges him. <laughs> I remember leaning to die learning to die in order I remember leaning to die in order to finally beat him. Sorry. What? No, I'm just laughing at you. It's <laughs> just funny. What did I do? No, you're just stumbling. It's just funny cuz oh. like you, Okay. Yeah. Number 2, Mother you had to be there. <laughs> Mother England from Colonization. You settle a new land and eke out a living from your new home, but the king is always taxing you and buying more ships and troops with the taxes when you finally declare independence. All those military units he's been buying all these years all show up in your shores and stomp the hell out of you. I've never played a game where the fight was easy. And number one, Diablo from Diablo 2. Really, was there any other choice for number one? I've played a lot of Diablo 2, and I have never had a character that didn't die when he first faced the Lord of Terror. Well, except for my Thorns Paladin, and it always feels so good to finally beat him. Then later, you face him again on Nightmare, and he's just so difficult, and you figure you can go back to normal and face him there. 
That would be easy now, right? And you go face Diablo on normal difficulty, and he is still way hard. Oh, and all this with my daughter. Yes, the one. (laughs) Yes, the one that just got married. Gushing on about how adorable he is. Diablo? (laughs) Go figure. Did I miss something? (laughs) I think so. I think we both did. So that's it. I'm caught up, and I'm still playing Diablo 1 for the quarter. Still listening for the beast. Thank you very much. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. I definitely want to hear uh, your thoughts on Diablo 1. All right, Jay. I can give you the next couple, probably. My voice is starting to to go. Uh, Here we go from... uh, He doesn't give a name, so uh, from from Anon. Excuse me? Uh, We're going to call him Hank, okay? Hank. Hank says, just want to let you guys know, I was listening to episode 127, and it led me to doing a little searching around and seeing if there was any updated rosters for any of these classics. Didn't seem to be much out there, but it just so happens. Oh, I think he's talking about NBA Live, by the way. Oh, okay. Thank you. I was like, I was waiting for the aha moment. Uh, Didn't seem to be much out there, but it just so happens. I ended up finding some for this very game and have been playing and tweaking stats ever since. Scroll down to NBA Live in the level 19 hardwood classic Sega Genesis. There's a link. Make sure this isn't going to destroy my computer. Okay. Okay. Uh, Hank. It's a soil down to NBA Live 19 Hardwood Classics. You see it? No. I see it. So I'm going to keep. Hank says, oh, I found oh. It. interesting. Updated okay. rosters. Interesting. Uh, Hank goes on to say, so thanks for giving me something to play in effect to go along with watching these NBA playoff games right now. Not really a fan of the direction of most modern sports games or AAA gaming in general has taken, but that's for another discussion. Anyway, a- anyway, I've heard many gaming podcasts and a lot of hosts get pretty annoying, but you guys are real easy. All to right. To. Keep it strong. Hank. Awesome. That's, that's what you. I like to hear, Hank. Only just the, the best, only just praise is what I want to hear about myself. Yeah, yeah, we don't want actual criticism. Um, yeah, I agree with what he's, like, a lot of the, new, a lot of the, and I don't say, like, again, I don't say this just because we do a classic gaming podcast, because both you and I play m- many modern yeah. games, but a lot of the AAA sports games nowadays, they, they seem to be doing some really weird stuff with them that I, that don't, that just doesn't seem very fun yeah no i agree we've talked about this plenty of times all right next one i'm gonna give this one to you as well sure this is from our old friend jeff sweet jeff says hey dummies i'm currently playing the original final fantasy on my nest classic it is a good game and a lot of fun but the version they chose is the original nest cartridge release bugs and all I'm all for authenticity, but when the game has known problems such as certain spells not working at all and character stats not working properly, I feel like it would have been better if they fixed them in compilation type releases. I'm curious how on how you both feel. For historical purposes, I believe that I believe something true to the original should be preserved, but in the release for public consumption, I think they should go with the spirit of the developer's intent rather than a flawed final release. Um this is a tough one for me. I think for certain titles it does sort of it, it can keep the integrity of the original project together 
So I think for certain games, it does. I think it's okay to have some bugs as long as it's not absolutely game breaking. But I'm kind of with you, especially for this game, because there it's really frustrating because you really don't know a lot of the bugs in Final Fantasy One unless you know about them. It's not something that you stumble across and you're like, oh shit, that you just assume that everything's working fine. So for people who don't know, I think I can kind of agree with you. Maybe they should have put both versions on there. Maybe one with with the updates and fixes, and maybe just original one to say like, hey, look at this. Like it's kind of historical thing. What do you think, Robert? I think um, I, I I more or less agree with you, and I think it's kind of a cop out, but I do agree that I think the best way to approach that would be to when you release it, you should do two different versions: the the yeah. real version with its bugs and all, um, and then the you know for for historical purposes, as Jeff says, and then maybe one where it's got some fixes. Um, yeah. And, oh, and, sorry. And I, I was just gonna say, I think another way to approach it would be to have like you know one version be the re-release of for instance in this case final fantasy one right and then you can also have a different one that's you know final fantasy one remastered which is uh or you know something along those lines which is just the original game with some stuff fixed because like he says there are literally spells in there because i've tried playing this a year or so ago and didn't get very far so i never talked about it on the podcast but there are actually some spells where you're looking them up online and being like, what does this spell do? And the description is, yes, this spell is supposed to do this, but due to some unknown reason, it actually literally does nothing in the game. Yeah, I think that's true. Because the thing is, for me, authenticity is important. Again, I think it affects the integrity of the project. But if it's something where something is just to the point where it's not working, it kind of skips that boundary for me. Because there's like, they're saying, there's one thing of saying like, okay, well, this spell isn't that strong. So maybe they should adjust it. And a lot of people are like, no, 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 no. It was like that how it was. Right. And it makes the game more challenging. That I'm all for. But if something is not working at all, or in this case, and for those who don't know, in Final Fantasy, you only have a certain number of spell slots and only specific characters can learn spells. So for instance, oh, black right. mages and red mages can only learn black magic, right? So if, I, I believe so, I think actually, I want to say ninjas can also, anyways, regardless, mainly the black mage and the red mage can only learn black magic spells. And there are certain ones that don't function properly. And same thing for, for white mages uh, regarding white magic. And so it's, it can be really frustrating if you waste one of your three spell slots for that level on a spell that just doesn't work. It can actually cripple you, make the game substantially harder and not really fun, difficult. It's just kind of like, well, fuck me. I chose the wrong spell type thing. So I can kind of get that. I will say if if I had to give a hard answer um, as to whether just yes like or no, yeah, I would say I would probably lean toward honestly just saying no. I just keep them how they were. Yep, I would too. If it was a blanket answer, one way or the other, I, I actually agree with you. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, but if yeah, anyways, uh, Jeff goes on to say I wouldn't even mind if they updated minor things like retargeting if a character is set to an attack an enemy that's terminated rather than just saying ineffective. That is all, Jeffrey. Yeah, actually, I recently uh, replayed the original NES version and I forgot about that because I had been so accustomed to the one for PlayStation 1 that I completely forgot about the retargeting thing. And there's a few things that are kind of frustrating to deal with. So I can understand that, but that's, you know, that's how history is, right? That's how we learn is, is these mechanics go in. They don't work properly. They adjust them. And now we have more games. Now we have more games. All right, thank you, Jeff. Last one comes in. Oops, from guess who? Chase the night cleaner. Chase the night cleaner. Chase says uh, the um, subject line is you podcasting. 
Chase says, I am you writing Justin, bro. <laughs> the way he the way he wrote this, every sentence is on his own line and it looks like a poem. Is it a haiku? Uh, it's not, or but I'm gonna read it as if it were a poem. I am writing this from bed. Day got away oh, on no. me. Hope you both are well. FF6 has the best retro JRPG boss fight Kefka has layers. Oh, if yeah. you could have one donut right now, what would it be? That's it for me. You both rock. Chocolate with sprinkles. Cheers, Chase Nightclear. That's a solid, solid choice. That's, that's my go-to. Anytime we order Bosa, boom, three of those. Every time. Was that a donut place? Yeah, Bosa's like a big chain where you can order mass amount of donuts for dirt cheap. And man, chocolate sprinkles, the default. Love it. I don't like fruit-filled things. For, I'm, not, I'm, for, I'm with you on that one, yeah. Yeah, it kind of grosses me out. I don't mind some other kind of sprinkles. But yeah, generally for me, it's the chocolate sprinkles or GTFO. It, we're saying right now, I would probably go for a uh, one of the ones with white icing and coconut. Ooh. Also, don't mind the apple ones, the apple fritters. I'm always down for some. Oh, those too. are so good. I mean, I'm a donut freak. I'll go for any donut anytime, just about. Like I said, like you said, I prefer not a jelly one, although I can do like cream filled. Those are fine. Every uh, once in a while, I'll do a cream filled. Yeah, every now and then. But I prefer just a regular donut. I love It's so rich. I love the sour cream cake donuts. Whoa, I've never had one. That's pretty good. Oh, they're so good. Um, and but but usually it's that or chocolate, like you said, or um, yeah. or coconut. I also I I'll, actually I'll, one more. I really love blueberry donuts as well. I'm I'm allergic to blueberries. Oh, are you really? Yeah. What happens if you eat them? Do your eyes fall out? No, I just get a really bad headache. Oddly enough, and like I just feel like shit for a while. Well, that sucks. That's yeah, pretty cool. But yeah, I think if I had to choose one right now, I'd, I'd be in the mood for a coconut one. Yeah. All right. Chase, thank you for the email. Always a great conversation starter. Jay, uh, I think that's it. Okay. For all that we got. As I said, we will be discussing Diablo on our next episode. I'm excited. I'm very excited to talk about that, actually. I am too. There is one caveat, however. Uh, Jay and I have have decided we're going to try something. And that is... Don't freak out. Don't freak Try out. not to freak out, please. You're going to, but just try not to. We're going to try for a little while to go three weeks in between episodes instead of two. Um, and just see how it works. We still love you, like, very much. We love you all. <laughs> we it's do not st- your fault. We do still love you, but you have to start being able to be out on your own for a little you know you gotta <laughs> learn how now basically we want to be able to what we were but we were discussing this a little bit a few weeks ago and it's sort of getting the we we obviously we've been doing this for a very long time and we still really love doing this but the the only kind of i wouldn't even call it a burden but the only slight burden is that we always 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 have to be playing something old and sometimes we want to play something new and that's fine because sometimes we have time for that. But sometimes it's also hard to, f- to fit in both something for the podcast and something else that you might want to be playing as it just came out. And plus whatever other things we have going on and hobbies that we yep. want to be taking part in. It gets to be a lot. <clears throat> so we decided to try spacing them out a little bit farther. So we have more time to basically to do other things that we also want to do. And also still have a chance to uh, to be able to do the podcast. Because like I said, we super, absolutely still love super. doing the podcast. 
but there's also other things that we love doing. Yeah. And, and just to sort of piggyback off that, it, it really is. I mean, the key thing for, for me in particular is there are times there's like weeks when it, like when Cuphead came out, when, or not when it came out, when I bought Cuphead. It's like, there's nothing else I'm doing for the next couple weeks but playing Cuphead. And it's really hard at times because it's like, I, I want to talk uh, about specific games, obviously, that I play for the podcast. And I want to talk about them in depth and be knowledgeable about it enough so I don't sound like a complete jackass and still give games the <laughs> real opportunity to get a, a review from us, right? And so it's hard at times when, you know, you're playing other games or you just have other things going on with life and you just don't really feel like playing games at all or maybe not specifically old games. Or for me, a lot of times it comes down to, all of my group of friends of, you know, 15, 20 people that I play games with online find something new to play. And it's like a struggle to do anything but whatever they're doing. Like auto chess. Auto chess right now is is the thing. It's every it's what all my friends are playing. Anytime I'm online, it's like, hey, you want to play auto chess? We're all in call. And it's it it becomes a challenge at times because it's like I want to play other games or I want to do other things. And but I also want to talk about games at a pretty in-depth view. So very, very well put. Thanks. So, we will see you guys in three weeks. We're going to try this out for a while to see how it works out. Yep. Um, Jay, I just realized that I skipped current gaming subcast. I don't actually have anything for that, do you? Um, nothing really. No, I, I'm still playing through the experiment on Cuphead. Um, I love the difficulty increase. I think they're doing a great, I think it's a great scaling from normal to difficult. Um, I think it's just challenging enough to make you go back and play a lot of the bosses again, but not so frustrating, or excuse me, not so difficult that you get frustrated. Um, still really liking auto chess, playing a lot of auto chess. If anybody's interested, hit me up. It's, it's just, or just email us to the podcast. Auto chess is exceptional. It's very fun. Um, yeah, that's kind of all I've been playing right now. Okay, sweet. So by my calculations, three weeks from today is, uh, June 18th. So okay. just for the people who are taking, who, who want to play Diablo one and write in their thoughts on that for game of the quarter, that is when we should be recording three weeks three weeks so that so make sure you get them in by june 18th get your emails in by june 18th for that one if you want to talk about diablo it's not a super long game either like i would say from start to finish you could probably beat the game in 10 hours you think that's maybe even yeah maybe yeah probably i haven't beaten it yet but that sounds reasonable maybe even a little less not not that i've beaten it but i'm we're pretty close and i would say about the 10-hour mark is, is what I'm achieving. Maybe right even eight-ish. Maybe. Yeah. Something like that. So, yeah, it's, it's not super long. Um, but you could also get a good feel for it without... Like, right now, I would feel perfectly sure. comfortable talking about the whole game without having beaten it. So, you don't you That's definitely don't point. have don't feel like you have to beat the whole thing to, to send it in. I will make fun of you, but yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah, we'll just make fun of you a little kidding. bit. So, uh, so, that's June 18th. So, there's that. There's our top 10 games of 25 years ago. Uh, that's 1994. So just pull up the list on Wikipedia of 1994 video games and uh, send us your list on those if you feel so inclined. Please. Thank you guys for the emails this time too. Yeah, thanks for the emails. We got we had an awesome section this time. And I think that does it. Leave us amazing reviews on iTunes. Tell all your friends to listen to us. You can uh, all follow. Yeah, all of them. Follow us uh, at Class Gamescast. I'm at King Octavius. One final time, our email address is mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. That's it for this episode. Thank you all very much for listening. We will see you all in three weeks. Thanks, guys.